cool. Man, I'm telling you, I, I want to pick his brain even more. See, we got we got some stuff though, little nuggets of things right there. I tell you, but uh, man, yeah, I mean the guy's like within the biz. I didn't know that he, you know, helped design some of the Flash CW stuff too, man. And then the, that that Wolverine stuff. Woo! I tell you what, I tell you what, man. Ah. Uh, so he's got a picture of, <laughs> of Hugh Jackman in a Wolverine cow on his phone. That is so cool. That is so freaking cool. Yeah, so if I... Uh, I didn't know that they were doing an L.A. Comic-Con. I don't know why I didn't know that. But, yeah, I think definitely I'm going to try to... Uh, I'm going to hit that up and be like, hey... And, and if I could find him, definitely it would be like, hey, show me the picture. Show me the picture. Please show me that picture of uh wolverine in there but um uh i want to see the rich picture of him break i know right the citrone see now i gotta like <sighs> because you know i mean i talked to citrone and i wonder if i can get uh if i can get citrone to like show up again and just be like you know let's let's do this show you have a picture of something the thing is though they sign all these ndas and they're not allowed to do you know to show stuff and um man i tell you it's uh sending out invites you know shows up I, I usually do this before i usually send the invites before um you know the guest takes off or something like that but i was just so like oh what else can i ask you know, I want to just say, what's your favorite bat suit? I thought about that. I'm like, I'm not going to ask him what his favorite bat suit is. I'm not, <laughs> you know, because I'm sure he gets that question a lot. And, uh, you know, he uh, and then he even said that it's like, yeah, he gets that question a lot. Of course. Why wouldn't you get that question a lot? I mean, when you're designing, when you're like making bat suits just as, you know, and it's not even like he's he's just doing that. I mean, yeah, he has the business side of like making suits and shit like that. And, you know, he's wor working within the business. He does all that, but then he just does this stuff. Like he has an authentic Keaton suit. Okay. He has an authentic Keaton suit. And then he's designing, you know, it's just bat suits are like, all right, let's do this version of that or something like that. And then he's designed, um, the BVS suit. And then, and then the, the JL bat flex suit. And that's, that's pretty crazy too, to think about and see, we always suspected, we always suspected that that cow was more limited because you could tell. You could tell because when it came to BVS, Ben Affleck was able to move his neck way more. It seemed like it was a little more loosey-goosey. Comes to, comes to Justice League, it was you could see that he was doing more of the Batman turn. Not I don't hate the suit, not at all, but man. It's just kind of crazy to think that, wow, I mean, that that suit is literally, um, yeah, that cow is a little bit more, you know, a little constrictive. Besides the Batflex suit, which is your favorite suit? Well, I'm, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Sean, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I love the 89 Batman suit. I do. I love the 89. I just, and the fact that we just learned that tonight too, that that's actually feet. Like it's not part of the tail. That's insane to me. So, yeah. Um, oh, not that. Not that. That's not what I meant. I was trying to send out stuff. 
anyways, um, so yeah, I would say like that. That's why uh, well, I appreciate that, uh, Mr. Stephen Tanner. See if uh, anybody wants to show up uh, right now. But um, no, nah, I, I, and I would love to pick his brain. I would love to pick his brain. Um, oh, damn. Oh, wow. That sucks. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got a message. Um, no, I'd love to pick his brain even more, you know, when it comes to certain things and just like other things that he was involved with and stuff like that. And then even go over like the various, I mean, obviously it's funny too, because <laughs> yeah, I remember him tweeting that, that he was not a fan of the Pattinson suit. I, I dig it because I think it's something very unique and, uh, you know, something very different. Like it seemed like they, but he's right though. They were trying to go as far away from what we've uh, seen so far that they, you know, cargo pants. If only Keaton back could turn his head. Yeah. But at the same time, Keaton, Keaton, he, uh, yeah, man, he, uh, he totally, he made that his thing though. I mean, he, he perfected the bat turn. I mean, he was the first, he was the first one. He was the first one to just perfect that, you know, the full on shoulders, turning kind of thing you know that's why i said like that shot that shot of keaton when after the batmobile just like blew up access chemicals and then it pulls up and then the joker copter that shot is such a beautiful shot and the way that he turns and then you got that shot on top of like uh you know the church the bell tower when uh he does that same turn i mean like keaton really did a good job of like perfecting the bat turn you know because he had to he's a professional and I just love that, you know, like just turn your complete shoulders. Just, But at the same time, it's like, yeah, in real life, Batman can't hear shit, can't really has like he can't really see stuff and then can't turn his neck. I mean, so much, so much there. So anyways, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I could pick that. I could pick his brain. I could pick that guy's brain like crazy. You know, sadly, you know, he had a heart out. He's still working. And then, of course, um, you know, he had to pick up uh, his girlfriend and stuff. So, but yeah, we'll get him back on here so we could talk a little bit more. I was trying to squeeze. I mean, it's like there's, you know, he knows some things when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to this stuff. But yeah, sometimes it's just like, uh, does he, you know, he, he can only say so much when it comes to that. And I'm, I think when it comes to Keaton's bat bat suit in the flash it's like well what are we gonna get with that you know well it's probably gonna obviously he's 70 years old we're gonna get something where it's like you know there's gonna be some assistance like there's gonna be like a little bit of like uh you know a kingdom come armor bat you know there's gonna be something there's got to be something where where um he uh well, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, like maneuver as a fucking old man. It's going to be interesting to see the Keaton bat turns. Yeah, it's a very beautiful thing. Very beautiful thing. Hey, what's going on, Mr. Tony, man? How you doing, sir? How you doing? I didn't, you, you know what? I didn't realize that you had uh, that, uh, what you posted recently about your two year anniversary, man. Cheers to you. I didn't realize you, um, you know, had the hard thing. I was like, saw that and I went, Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Never knew that. Never knew that about you. But uh, I'm glad that everything's, um, everything's good with that. So, all right. Let's see here. Mr. Uh, Mr. Colbert, what is up, sir? Hey. There's a girl. Pretty good. How's it going? 
It's going pretty good. You, were you listening to that uh, interview? I was. That was awesome. I've always been I've followed him and interacted some on, on yeah. social media. So I was aware of like kind of sort of what he does. And um, uh-huh. and uh, um, obviously it's all, you know, super cool because he does it professionally, but also is clearly a hardcore fanboy. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of that, some of that's really cool. Or like just knowing that, that I figured there was some kind of Jackman. I actually would have figured they'd done an actual costume test and then decided against it. But if like, it's possible that that's the only picture of him in that style. Cowell is kind of I, crazy, right? Yeah. And then the fact that it's like, he can't even show that unless, you know, obviously. And it's just so funny because, you know, I mean, he's not even wearing like an entire suit. Like he said, he's like wearing like a maroon, like shirt. And then he's got just the cowl on and he's just pressed up against the wall. And it's just, and it's the fact that he can't even show that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like he made something, you know, himself. It wasn't like for anything. He just fucking made it like himself. And then Hugh Jackman ca- catches wind of it and goes, I want one. And then he sends it over to him, takes a picture, thinking that, oh, yeah, he's just going to take a picture with it, you know, displayed or something. No, Hugh Jackman puts it on. And that's just that. I mean, that, that to me, it just goes like I, I, I just think, yeah, Hugh Jackman, of course, I mean, he would put it on. I don't know. For some reason, I could just totally see Hugh Jackman going, no, I'm, I'm actually going to put this thing on. You know, and I, you know, I think like when we think about these actors that take up these roles, I mean, you do a role for fucking almost two decades. I mean, for four, two decades, I should say. I mean, if he gets sent something like that that he can actually put on. He's going to put it on, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully. I mean, I didn't realize there was going to be an L.A. Comic Con in December. I did not realize that. How, Isn't there what? normally? I don't know. I don't. I don't follow the con. I mean, there is like hard, in I LA. There, I think there is like yeah, there is, but it's never as big. You know, right. it's weird because it's LA. But I didn't know it was like because I know San Diego is like in November. I didn't know it was like going to be like right after that. I don't know. I was just. I mean, I guess I should have, but Jesus Christ. I don't yeah, know. exactly. I mean, who knows what even happens at this point? Just because yeah. they're all. Oh, dude! I know. I when it comes to LA County. The mask yeah. mandates are coming back. Uh, Foo Fighters, I was trying to get tickets to their show that they were going to have. They they canceled it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, man. This thing just won't end. But yeah, I don't know. But I was trying to squeeze anything I can get. I, and, and then just learning that they, they, that the, I always thought it was the three spike tail. Apparently it's feet. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess yeah. it kind of it kind of makes sense. It does. Why, why would they have a three spike tail instead of feet? But also it's, it's so like, I guess there's so little detail in the the suit that um, f- feet wouldn't necessarily like stand out clearly as feet. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> it wouldn't. Yeah. But I'm just kind of wondering, like, I mean, it, 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 what I always found funny about that symbol was like, you know, but with everything else, with all the promotion, obviously they use like the generic, you know, bat symbol, even though they like tweaked it movie wise like you know the yellow wasn't as yellow it was like more of like a a tan orange kind of thing you know and um but they like anytime that you saw like the symbol when it came to promotion it was the traditional bat symbol and then when you watch the movie you know he's got that which is like i don't know i remember just growing up and always going that's that was always just weird to me but then now knowing like oh obviously they're not going to promote it with this random crazy the first batman movie they're not going to promote promote it with feet i guess yeah. or you could say feet well and it's weird because i don't have much of a personal attachment to like any of those yeah. I, was, I was always a huge batman fan 
but I had um, obviously the Batman the Animated Series was big. Yeah. And I watched I had the VHS for the Batman 66 movie. <laughs> and then I had like what some of the the older cartoons also like the really like the Super Friends era. Super yeah. It wasn't Super Friends. It was the Batman and Robin ones, though, mm-hmm. that were like so cheesy. It was very Batman. It was Casey Case and Plan Robin, right? Yeah, I think so. Where they yeah. were like when they drive the Batmobile, it's like the same four buildings just flashing yeah. by <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Um, and then the the 1940s black and white serial was what I watched. But like the the like the Burton live action stuff and even the Schumacher stuff was like never really my bag. I think when it originally came out, I was like I was like just young enough that it was like maybe like uh, like I don't know, too scary or too serious or whatever. And then even when I was older, it just didn't necessarily appeal to me. The live action stuff didn't really appeal to me until um until Nolan yeah. is when I really like got into that. Um, which is weird. It's not like I was a, wasn't a Batman fan before. It was just the I don't know. The movies didn't really do, do it, it for me. Yeah. So as a result, like you know, people have all this nostalgia over Keaton, and it's like I just never never got never I know, really. I, clicked yeah. for me was and then not that I, I think he's phenomenal and i think the movies are great too like for having you know rewatched them as an adult it's like yeah that's good but like i just have no like childhood connection to them yeah no and i i and i love the fact that he kind of you know he confirmed what i suspected happened was yeah when they had burton do 89 and they were like all right we're gonna tr- try to achieve this thing we're gonna reinvent batman and it probably was like you know a lot of um well, I don't want to say it was like a film by committee, but there was probably, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces where like, we have to make this a success. This is fucking Batman, the first movie. So we're going to, let's make it just dark and, you know, gothic and yeah. all this stuff like that. And uh, Tim Burton puts his little, little stamp on it. But then when that was such a success, when it came to Batman Returns, they were like, have at it, Tim. And he did. <laughs> he fucking right. did. Because I mean, just how different those two movies are. I mean, it's just the second one. I mean, Returns. That's why I just kind of go. I mean, it's such a Tim Burton movie. I mean, it takes place in a fucking snow globe, and you have Danny Elfman. <laughs> you have De- Danny Elfman's score just going. Oh, oh. I mean, it's just so Tim well, Burton. And I feel very much like uh, Batman '89, especially, very much has that vibe where you're coming at it from both directions. Where on one side you've got the Burton, like it's very Burton in a yeah. lot of ways. Oh yeah. But also you can feel the pressure from, I feel like the studio pressure at the time was different because there wasn't this concept of like, what is a live action Batman or like, what does like the protection of the IP didn't seem quite on the same level so much as execs just didn't understand the appeal at all. Whereas now they're like, Oh no, we have to protect Superman has to be this way. And Batman has to be that way. Whereas back then it was more just like, nobody wants to see these. So how do we make it appeal to mainstream? And so I feel like you've got Burton on one hand who unhindered, I feel like he would have done something like really weird with, with Batman and like taking that and like, because like he, like, um, like Sean said with Burton, it's like, how do you, and it's funny. Snyder said a very similar thing. I got a ton of flack for it, but he's like, how do you depict him in this suit seriously with like, without, drawing yeah. some laughs and there's a lot of like tonal and atmospheric and design things you kind of do to mediate that and so 
with the studio input, I'm sure there's a lot of like, how do we make this appeal to general audiences? But you take like Edward Scissorhands, Tim Burton, mm. and be like, how do you take the Batman concept and make it work? I feel like he'd be like, oh yeah, no, he's an orphan and he wears rags and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. Right? And, and like, like, I don't know. Not that it would have been like, I don't know how far well, of a departure it would be, but I could see him going like far weirder uh-huh. with with his initial like, like, way uh, more BDSM. But like you know, Batman always has <laughs> yeah. like, Bat- Batman has always had that like underlying like like Aronofsky was going to go that that route. That's what I was going to bring right? up. I'm like Aronofsky was going to go pretty far from what we know as yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like that probably would have been like a lot closer to like what we would have gotten with Burton probably in '89. Probably. And then, and then the fact that he kind of like compared it to like how Warner Brothers treated like Snyder when it's like, okay, gave him Man of Steel. And, you know, I mean, I don't think people were as, I mean, even though Man of Steel was like, hey, cool, you know, whatever. I think there was still like more divisiveness than there was with like Batman 89. But at the same time, it's like, all right. They, but they were confident enough to be like, Zach, all right, do whatever. Oh, you wanted to remember Batman and say this? Cool. And then when he did what he wanted to do, they were kind of, that's when they started going, uh, well, wait a minute. This might be, I don't know. We're trying to do this over here. I mean, the, the biggest thing when it came to Burton not doing the third Batman film, even though he was basically, I mean, it was supposed to, and even Keaton was like gung ho to do the third one too. It was just, you know, they, the whole thing of not being able to sell fucking happy meal toys. And I remember those happy meal toys from, <laughs> from Batman returns. They were pretty awesome. They were like all in cars and they, for some reason, like Catwoman had a car, yeah. Penguin had a car, and then you had the Batmobile and then and then Batman in the Batmobile. It was, well, that was like the yeah. thing with McDonald's toys back then though, right? It was like every single movie, it was like, let's put everyone in cars. It was. It did, was that like first, like wasn't Space Jam or something like that? Probably. The same thing too. I remember like there was like a Bugs Bunny car or something that stretched out. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. They're, yeah, they, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right because it was always like, we have these moldings of just things in cars and yeah. everybody like kids love cars, right? Because yeah. you can, yeah, yeah. And it did. Batman didn't car, scare. penguin car, yeah. Catwoman car. Yeah. And it was, it was cool. I remember the Batmobile, like you had Batman in like a, I think you had him in the, uh, you know, in, in Batman returns when he goes through that poorly engineered, you know, when the buildings were like, just had like this much space in between them. Yeah. Who, who knows who engineered that in Gotham city, but yeah. Um, hey, there are if you <laughs> you, you travel much to cities yeah. that are like older that you know that were built like big cities that were built you know a few hundred years ago. It's surprising how often you get something you get like a that. little bit in like Canada, but also in like you know Europe, more European stuff. In the U.S., so much of our stuff is so much newer that like everything is designed to fit a car. Yeah, but um, but like you go to you go to places in Europe and you're like, how are you supposed to? Why yeah. why did they like they? They knew they were aware of how much space there was when they built that. Just make it a f- like you, know, you, could, you could barely fit a person in that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either either bring it all together or or yeah. separate. I don't know why. Um, yeah. No, but like I, he was so I think he, yeah he was in something like that. Like yeah, Batman, and then you had the Batmobile by itself, and then it literally had like a button where it shot off like the front end, yeah, it, like, like a missile. And I was like, it was it was really cool. Like I loved those those toys, you know. Yeah, but, that was a uh, um, that kind of seemed like the go-to, not just for Happy Meal toys though, but for for like any Batmobile. I feel like yeah. most of the Batmobiles in the '90s were like had a a tele um 
a, a, a torpedo nose yeah. kind of thing going on. Or I had the, uh, I had the Batman, the animated series one where the back pops out and it's a, it's the bat plane. The, yep. the wings come down. I remember that. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think even like they even, I remember my, my, my best friend, uh, when I was living in Alabama, when Batman Returns came out, yeah, he had the Batmobile, the full-on Batmobile that just like did break off into that fucking little missile type, you know, Batmobile, which was just so cool. But then, uh, even recently, um, there's like a there's a Twitter handle that that was showing like Batman toys and stuff like that, and they showed the Batman Returns toy line, and it literally has a very non-movie accurate penguin it's a total comic book like accurate penguin and then it has robin <laughs> as part of the line i'm like and i remember i remember like buying that figure and you know what's kind of funny is like i i remember i remember that you know because i loved that robin figure but i had n- no idea like from my memories of like what toy line was this from or was it just like a random figure that i saw at toys r us and it was robin and looked badass and i bought it I I did not realize that, that was part of the Batman Returns toy line. <laughs> well, because didn't didn't back then? Because I know they did it with the Bat Cave. Yeah. But didn't they didn't they have a bunch of toys that basically just got new paint jobs? For Pretty each, much. Like for each line. Yeah. It was like the I same mean, mold, and they were just like, "Oh no, this is the '89 one. This is the Returns one." Yeah, they the, did that like, so much, and you know, there's like an awesome, and I, and it'd be cool if. But I know I, I know they they're not doing uh, any more episodes. But on Netflix, you know the toys that made us or whatever the hell. Have you seen that oh, yeah, documentary? Yeah. yeah. When they talk about you know what goes into like all that and you know how much time it could take and how like rushed everything gets. I mean, you you understand like like I had that Batcave Wayne Manor thing, but it was for Batman eighty nine. And yeah. then they repurposed it for Batman Returns and then repurposed it again for the animated series. And I remember even as a kid going, you know, I even had the sense of going, I, I, that's what I have. It's just different color. Yeah, <laughs> That's all it is. You know, so, yeah, I, I mean, but you kind of understand it a little bit because I don't know, like when it comes to the logistics of getting a toy line out there. In yeah. Time. I think the, the fascinating thing about that series to understand, like how all the toys and tie in merchandising stuff works with these movies if you understand the history of like star Wars and, mm-hmm. um, and Mer- and the toys and merchandise, which is mm-hmm. told in that show, or also I think a more recent example, you have a lot of Snyder fans asking like, why, like, where's the merch? Not, yeah. or, not like, where is it? Like, because it's, there's a lot of stuff that you can buy, but it's like, why is there, first of all, there's not as much of it as people would expect, although there is a lot, but then the stuff that there is, there's so many pre-orders like the McFarland stuff is like rolling out so slowly. And they're like, why wasn't this, which I think, that's a, a if you back up a little bit it's a good glimpse at like how complicated arranging this kind of stuff earlier on in the process is because this movie if it were if it were done in the, like the original proper production timeline you would have this stuff would have been in the works three years prior to the um prior to the release but like with Zack Snyder's Justice League you got a one year heads up where there's no 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 it's not going to happen and then yes it's going to happen and then yeah. you just have a year of like what finishing the editing and VFX and during that time McFarlane has to design and produce and distribute to you know all these lines have to just create merchandise out of nothing which is easy that's why there's so many t-shirts t-shirts are easy right. t-shirts but, are very easy yeah. but all the other toys and that's why you know you're just now even now like the, the cyborg is a hot toys doing a cyborg finally i think so yeah um, they, they, they posted that like last week i think that looks cool i mean so many of these like high-end 
high-end figures like there's a steppenwolf uh uh who is it uh it's it's like a three or four foot tall steppenwolf figure from one of the it's not hot toys but it's one of the other big ones it weighs like six pounds or something like that it's the weta Um, not the weta workshop no no it's not weta it's um 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 anyway i don't know no, I know what you're talking about. I, I just, I know Weta Workshop. Well, they, I mean, I guess they're not really toys. You know, they're they're like literally like sculptures of what they're doing over there. I know. Isn't Scott supposed to get one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he realized how big it's gonna be. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, man. You know, I mean, I got a lot of shit already, but it, you know, and, and I want more. But at the same time, I'm like, where am I gonna freaking put it, man? You know, it's like. I don't know. I mean, I got to move to a bigger place or something like that, but yeah. no, it's just always fascinating. I remember, I remember like even going back to like the, uh, the Batman toys. I mean, one of the cool, <laughs> it, was, it was so ridiculous, but it was cool at the time. It was like, they, I mean, obviously you had anytime the, a Batman movie comes out, they literally just come up with concepts that were not in the movie. Like you have, Oh, we got aqua Batman and he's got right. like a bright fucking yellow suit and shit like that. You know, they, but it's all all off the same moldings and stuff like that. It's just, you know, oh, yeah, he's got, you know. Well, this and sometimes that- it's based on, like, early designs and plans for the movie, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. So you never know. That was so that's great. what was funny about the Snyder Cut stuff is because you remember there was, like, people were convinced that there was supposed to be, like, Lex in his armor suit and all yeah. that stuff because there were toys for it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you go back to Man of Steel and you've got all these crazy Superman stuff that's like they were not like, <laughs> like, no, so, <laughs> sometimes they just have extra stuff. That's yeah. But one of the coolest things that I remember getting, I remember got it on Christmas morning was they had like a version where it's like you can have Bruce Wayne, but you could put his costume on. And, you know, you literally could put the cowl on him. You could put the chest piece and it had the, you know, the cape, of course. And then like. You know, you could put his uh, gauntlets on and then his, I think his boots also. But it, I mean, as much as like it looked cool because when he had like the cowl on, you you know, it wasn't like just white eyes. You know, the cowl didn't go around the chin. (laughs) So it was like the chin was exposed. The gauntlets looked like he was, you know, like he had a couple of like, um, you know, rock'em sock'em fucking, (laughs) you know, they were like bigger than his arms. And same Mm -hmm. thing with like, so it didn't really work. Like, but at the time it was like, that's cool. You can actually turn them into. Yeah. Well, cause the know? alternative at the time was, um, the big ones were the power Rangers ones that had the uh, double, remember the, where the, yes. the chest opened up and they had the head would flip. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and it was so tiny. And, and the chests were, it was like a, it was like Shoot. a, uh, it was like a, what, um, um, oh, what, what's the, um, the Deadpool guy, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Liefeld, it's like a Rob Liefeld drawing oh, yeah. of uh, of the Power Rangers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> toys, yeah, they're like so barrel chested. Yeah, I remember or those. I had, I had a, a I had a Batman one that had Bruce's head was spring loaded, but it would go down into his shoulders, and there was a chest piece and alternate head with cape that you could put up on top of that. Um, that that was pretty cool because that that allowed you to keep it more proportional. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. so much of that stuff was so so kind of funny how, and that's why as an adult looking at Hot Toys and stuff, obviously it's a totally different market because you're talking like hundreds of dollars instead of yeah. you know ten bucks. But um, but yeah, you look at that stuff and you're like, oh wow, that's like you know you're talking about like the the chin or whatever. And it's like, oh no, these are like 
to scale replicas of like the costumes and stuff that actually fit on these things. Like, man, I, I want that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now I remember there was even like uh, I had, I had a version of the Batmobile that was partly a Batmobile and partly Bruce Wayne's car. <laughs> I don't know. They try to do this whole thing where it was like, and you literally would have, you know, you can have Bruce Wayne just like driving in this car that only fits one person, you know, obviously. And then you hit a switch and it would flip over and it's like, Oh, now he's Batman. He switched over and then you can attach the fucking fins and oh, yeah. it was so ridiculous. Like they, they try to, they try to do that. But I, I was so in love with that concept of like, Oh, you see him change. I want to see him change. You know? So I, I bought I bought into it. I begged my mom and dad, like I need this. He could change. Look <laughs> it. It's like a magic trick. You don't well, know. I want to know how it works. It's the infamous bat cave did that too. i remember that blew my mind as a what four-year-old or whatever watching the commercial mm-hmm. where you put him in the thing and then you turn it and he's in the bat suit yeah and literally it's just an alternate toy that you it's, have yeah, it's all it is yeah behind the there. Thing with the, but, the, the car yeah. oh man i remember seeing that in the commercial and being like how do they do it <laughs> yes. i don't know how they do it that's, that's that, it's magic they, they, they knew exactly what they're doing i mean any same thing with those power rangers toys because you're like whoa you see that like it's like it's the secret identity and then it's and then it's the hero you know well, and that was at the early ages of like where they were just starting to learn how to like really mess with kids heads yes um because they, they'd have that they'd be like they'd be like ask your parents for the batman ask your parents and it's like man and then i remember i remember those power rangers toys first off Kudos to them for making like, they, I mean, those Power Rangers toys were like this fucking oh, tall, yeah. and they had. Well, I remember someone that would have like the Megazords, like yeah. that where you could put them all together. That was like Dude. half as tall as I was at the. I mean, I guess, I guess it's all in perspective because I would I was like two and a half feet tall at the time, so I was like, <laughs> man, this is as big as I am. Yeah, <laughs> but, dude. I mean, I remember when like, um, it was funny too because those things were like, I mean, they were they were. Even on in the the docu series when they talk about the Power Rangers, they talk about how they were such in high demand, you couldn't find them anywhere. And I oh, remember yeah. I couldn't. I mean, and then when it came to Christmas time, I remember walking into a Toys R Us with my mom, and I I don't know why my mom took me to a Toys R Us in December. That's just mommy yeah. out there. How dare you do that? But at the same time, I remember walking in. I, I'll always remember this where there was like you know sometimes you know you you'd see like a shopping cart that had just a bunch of random toys in it because they had to like go stock them walking in and there was like a fucking green ranger and dragon zoid zoid zord 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 sorry i was like zoid i'm like thinking freakazoid uh freak uh a dragon zord and you know it came together as a package deal oh man and i was like i like blew my mind i was like oh my god it's the green rangers tommy blah 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 and you know but of course it's christmas time so my mom was like hey nah. and of course just go you know, through the aisles that I usually would go through at Toys R Us, I come back, it's not in the cart anymore. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what happened to it? And then she was like, I don't know. I think somebody just somebody just came up and bought it. And then sure enough, Christmas morning, what did I get from Santa Claus? The Dragon Zord. See? There you go. There it is. Mama Film Junkie. Awesome stuff. And then we got Mr. Ray Flightcast. Hey. bud? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yes, congratulations, sir. Let's raise the glass. Ray bit the bullet, and now (laughs) he's engaged. Yes, thank you. No, last time I talked to you, I only had a girlfriend. Now I have a fiance. There it is. How does your girlfriend feel about that? 
<laughs> uh, she 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 won't take the ring off. Like seriously, oh, wow. like she, it's just like been yeah. on her finger like the whole time. No, it's still very surreal. Like in many ways, it's like wow, really? So like that this at some point you're gonna be my wife and I'm gonna be your husband. Wow. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, yeah, huh. so yeah, yeah. No, it's it's awesome though. It is. It's 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 really cool. It's great. She loves the ring. She absolutely. It, she. It's the most time I've been told good job by like so many people. They're like, you done good. You done good. And it's like, well, they, thank you. There, so the the value of getting that part right. Like, I hate having to focus on things like, like stuff like that. Like to me could be considered trivial by some. I'm not saying it is for anybody watching. Um. But I could understand how people would be like, "Oh no, it's just it's a formality or it's a, or it's a whatever." But like that, I know enough people who like didn't take it seriously enough that like you can know like there's no redoing that, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, there's no like there's no get a like you you can't give a different ring or or redo the way you propose in like you know it, it, if you I don't know it's not that anyone really botches it, but I know people who like have held resentment for like years over like minor things like oh that's just not a good way to enter <laughs> yeah and and that was like all the nerves that like i had like leading up to that moment that's really what it was it was just don't fuck it up don't fuck it up don't. Yeah. that was scott's advice to me like <laughs> I, I i told him like yeah, a, i think he told me that backstage with like what our bad he's like i just told him don't fuck it up i think he told me that <laughs> we, we we were yeah we were recording our uh one of our last patreon reviews yes uh, yeah. for crow and the last thing he told me was don't fuck it up yeah because that was because that was the last i think i so yeah it was in my head like i wasn't necessarily thinking of him but i was it was just like uh, don't fuck it up right let's let's just have this go off without a hitch because I wanted to be special and I wanted to be a big moment. And, and I, I knew that I, I knew I hadn't gone wrong as far as the ring went, because that was one of the ones that she sent me because she sent me like several different Good ones idea like, over the years. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the most recent one that she had sent me. I was like, okay, well, and, and they all like all of them, like, you know, she loves the pear shape. So it's like, okay, cool. I will just stick with, I know what she likes. Right. And mm -hmm. that that's literally like the best case scenario. Right. When you don't have to guess what they like, when they flat out tell you or show you here, this is what I like. And then you just have to decide if you're going to nut up and actually buy it. Yeah. Which I now, decided. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you were in a situation I that it sounds like where you you your anxiety wasn't so much like. The, the notion of her like saying no wasn't really a, a no. concern. Like you, like the answer was already a foregone conclusion. It was just the whether or not the process was done to. Yeah, well, it, yeah. I think that I think that I would say that's. I mean, I mean, obviously, I've never done it, but I'm just saying I, I would think like the main thing. You know that they're gonna say yes, but it's all the way of like the presentation. Yeah. And shit well, most like of the time, that's why I asked though, because sometimes you hear about yeah. it and like someone says like, "Oh, I was hoping they'd say yes" or whatever, and it's like, "Whoa, you went." You bought a ring, and like, yeah, you guys didn't yeah. Like, you well, have to be pretty damn sure. I think. Yeah, well, that's and Shonda has said this. She's like, "Don't ask that question. No man should ask that question unless they're certain." Yeah, what what the answer is they're going to get. So I feel like the people that get the wrong answer, it's like, well, you you, you didn't do your homework. Exactly, you didn't, do, didn't do enough of your homework on on, on yeah. That when one. you see, when you see like some of these videos where like they try to do it at like some you know sporting event or something like that, and it doesn't go well, it's like it's, what. Or was and my question is always like, is it just because she didn't want to do it in front of 
you know, 50,000 people? Is that maybe like, maybe she wanted it to, I don't know. Anytime I've seen that, like that, that kind of uh, situation, I kind of question. Uh, yeah. like, There's you know. sometimes that that is like, uh, and usually, and, and they will say, most of the people that would like that have will say like, oh, that's how I want to be proposed to. But yeah, uh -huh. a good rule of thumb is, unless they say, I want to be proposed to on the kiss cam, don't propose no. on the kiss cam. <laughs> no, well, and, and, and that's the thing is like, even going and it, I knew she wouldn't go for anything like that, but like just there was deliberation because this was a whole like involved thing with with some very good friends of mine uh, that have watched the vodka stream the last couple of weekends that they've nice. seen I've been on. <laughs> um, but awesome. like, it's so great to have friends that watch you. On <laughs> yeah, well, it, no, fr friends and none family. of my none of my like real life friends are involved in any of my like. <laughs> I like keep it totally separate. <laughs> oh, dude, I try. I, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I try to keep it separate from work life. That's how. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Well, that's about I, it. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I guess, it, and it, it depends on like where you're at with all of this, everything that we're doing. I, I'm, I'm not that different in real life than I am here. Yeah, and I which, don't think anybody was. Uh, anyway, which, so, yeah. which some people may look at my Twitter account and be like, "Oh well, shit, damn, he's like that in real life." Okay, <laughs> but like, no, but but the there was definite deliberation and like, okay, where is it going to be? How many? And, and and this, you know, clandestinely, you know, and and had to be real careful because she's very perceptive and you know definitely like pays attention and is very observant to like any change in behavior. So I'm clandestinely asking her, hey, who would, if anybody else were around for the proposal, who would be would you, would you be okay with? And determined that she'd be cool with like a small group of friends or family and was like, okay, well, it, I basically used all information I had to determine the best course of action to further reinforce the 95% yes that I was certain I was going to get. But yeah. to be clear, being a Detroit sports fan, I'm never comfortable until the clock ticks zero. <laughs> so there was a small part of me that was like, you know, still nervous about the answer. But I was largely, and, and even said that to my friends, to which they said, shut up, Ray, she's going to say yes, which yeah. she did. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that's, Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of thought and a lot of planning and everything that, that like go goes into that if, if you wanted to like do it right. It's true that man, but hey, no. as long as you pulled it off, it's behind you now. Congrats. Well, that is now all that, that that's that's seemingly the easiest part, right, Steve? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, now like, you got to oh, plan the like, fucking thing, <laughs> right? Like everything else now is like you know, and, and the 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 life that we are now building together. That's that's where the this well, is where the real work starts. When when it when it comes to planning, I mean, it, you know, you're gonna do probably about probably what ten percent, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like and when it comes to planning, well, it's usually the one. You know, it's usually the woman that probably is like the more of the planner right i i, I don't see I, I don't know about this one because it's mm -hmm. th this one seems to be more collaborative between oh, the two of us at least so far like yeah. so far it's definitely a more collaborative process in terms of like where because you also got to remember how long we've been dating which pe which people don't know we've been dating for 12 years yeah but that was literally our 12 year anniversary that i decided to do this on so 
it, we're not, this isn't like a fresh thing. It's not like, oh, I have no idea what she's thinking or she has no idea what I'm thinking. No, we have good ideas. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're on, we're, we're at least on similar page. We're at least reading the same book. We may not always be on the same page, but we're at least reading the same book when it goes to this stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's where with like the planning, it's it's different for everyone. Some some men don't want to be involved. Some do. The the only consistent advice that that I've seen, or not, not that you necessarily need advice, but for just on the topic, is um, it's right. always best for the man. Always have an opinion. Always have a strong opinion about every choice that goes into the wedding, but never have an opinion stronger than hers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Unless she, well, okay, but what, what if she asks for one? Then you have a strong one, but if she disagrees with it, then you say, oh, no, your idea is better. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was. But never say, but never say, never, never, uh, never be like, oh, no, you, you would care more about that than I would. Or like, that's, that's a you oh, decision. Like, I, yeah, no, I know that that's, no, that, 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 our dynamic, that would never work. Awesome. It, it, yeah. would, it would never be a case where like, I would, cause even, and it wouldn't even be a case where like, she's upset because i have a stronger opinion it would literally just be like oh okay you feel that strongly about it well let's figure this out i feel this strongly but like there there would be some kind of a dialogue between mm -hmm. that and i i i you know originally i i want you know, and and she's she's very persuasive with a number <laughs> of things i mean i mean that like in a good way like she was mm -hmm. i would for years like I have a, a a much bigger family than she does, so I got it in my head that, you know, I always wanted like the big, huge, massive wedding with like over a hundred people and you know, giant spectacle of things. And then, you know, and she was never really about that at all. And she just bided her time. And we had like there was our friend's wedding that we went to back in May, and then there was another wedding that I went to. Another friend of mine that got married about a month ago or a few, couple weeks ago. And I think she just planted the she she basically Leo DiCaprio she Dom cobbed me basically <laughs> yeah she inceptioned you and planted the idea of a lower impact wedding in my head and That's then cool. placed me in a scenario where I saw higher impact weddings and went oh I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't want to play. I don't want to plan or, all of that. I don't want to spend all that. that <laughs> so. Really easy way to make that decision is once you start looking at pricing and you're like, oh, you know, a smaller, something smaller might totally. be a nice, like, totally. Yeah, okay. No. I mean, take it from somebody who's, I've filmed many weddings. I, I used to do that. Like, uh, and then I just kind of got tired of it because it was like, I mean, it was always the same thing and it was seeing like different types of weddings. Um, yeah, I mean, having a small thing, yeah, it can be good. And, you know, something just contained, those yeah. always seem like those were always like the better ones. You know, anything that was like bigger when it was like, you know, a big turnout and stuff like that, it just seemed like it was just a headache. It was yeah. such a headache when it or came like, to stuff. We ended up, um, it's welcome to the, the vodka stream wedding edition. I know, apparently. Um, hey, the wedding plan. We, um, we, I, I like we ended up we like prioritized and ranked kind of the things that we cared about and ended up having a, a pretty good mix of like a, a reasonably sized guest list. But then there's a lot of things that like we were willing to slash from our uh, the way that we we did it. Um, the 
the um like we thought we said okay like a photographer we splurged on or or moderately splurged because that's going to be how they're going to be able to elevate the look and also that's going to be the lasting memories that we have from it whereas like we didn't spend much if anything like we didn't get like a bunch of um you know, flowers for everybody and like a big flower display for the the sanctuary at the church where we got married and stuff, because that ends up being like, you know, hundreds of dollars or more that is at the, you know, in 20 minutes of the entire day. Um, And we, 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 I'd I'd done a bunch of work with a guy that owned a, um, a, a comedy club and the, we got married over Labor Day weekend, and so on a Monday night, so it wasn't a show night, and so we were able to get in there as our our reception venue, and they had a bunch of memorabilia in the lobby, and it was a really cool kind of setup. But as a result, we didn't have to pay like the the per seat or the per plate cost for for guests, but we had like the similar looking venue with lighting and all the and all the other stuff. Um, and so it's kind of cool once you kind of decouple yourself from the like, this is the the template that you that you follow for all weddings. And you're like, oh, no, we don't care about flowers or maybe you do, you know, but whatever those being willing to just say like, oh. nope, we're not doing that. Suddenly, that's like it's thousands a, of it, dollars that you it's save. A bunch on. Of, it's just a big business of just like oh, everybody's yeah. like, you know, I mean, when you get the wedding planner, they know their connections. They know all that. I mean, and then they're going to be like, you know, let's go over here for the flowers and the, everything. So, you know. And then, you know, I, I remember just when I would film these, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you get a vid- videographer, they're going to charge a lot. I didn't charge a lot. I was always like the discount guy that somebody knew, like, hey, you know, somebody's getting married. That's I'll I'll do it. I have this template that I, you know, I started, you know, and I kind of been using and they always seem to dig it. But man, I mean, it was what's always funny about, um, you know, when it comes to the wedding day, I mean, it's because I always like to get everything, you know, I'm always like one of those. I'm like, I'm not going to just get the ceremony and then the, uh, the after, uh, party or whatever the recital or what, what, what do they call it? What reception. Is reception. I want that's a recital. Um, yeah. What is this? Uh, you know, you know, school again. Oh no. But like, I like to get like the, the, the pre, I, I was always one of those. Like I want to see the groomsmen getting ready and the, and the brides and the bridesmaid getting ready, you know, but then I, mm-hmm. I slowly realized that, Wow, the guys are having a great time. Not so much the ladies. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, ooh, I mean, there was one time, shit you not, I thought a fight was gonna happen with the bride and the bride the bridesmaids. I was pressed up against the wall holding my camera, going, Man, am I gonna get something on camera here that might go viral? <laughs> I mean, I was like literally going, man, they they they're like like getting pissed at each other right now like it got, it got to the point where like and then like an hour later they were like fine yeah it was all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah you know i filmed a wedding where like the bride was very disappointed in her bridesmaids but like at the same time it's like always the grooms and the groomsmen they're taking shots you know everybody's having <laughs> oh, a good time they're they, posing for pictures I, 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 I can i can't vouch for I didn't see anything on on the the bride, my sister's wedding about six mm-hmm. years ago. I, I didn't. I was one of the groomsmen, and like the I don't know what happened. I, I don't. I wasn't privy to. I heard things, but I wasn't privy to everything that happened <laughs> on the bride's side. But on the groom's side, like that day, like they got married in the fall during football season, oh. <laughs> and so it was on a Saturday, and we're all like Michigan football fans. Ooh. So 
There, so what are the so, right? So so the guys are all chilling and doing whatever. But what are they? What are they also doing every ten minutes? Well, Check I'm the one. I'm the one with the cell phone. So like, Ray, what's the score? <laughs> every ten minutes, Ray, what's the score? They won the game that day, thankfully. But like, <laughs> but yeah, but that, but that's how like Lucy Goosey it was. Was like, okay, what? Heck, like, 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 what's where's the score at? What's going on? Like, that's how laid back. And I imagine that's probably the case nine times out of ten with like. The groomsman is just like, yeah, let's let's just go ahead and you know, we're just waiting for the actual like the the pre for some reason the pressure isn't there and I don't know why like I I'm sure a lot of that is like I don't know institutionalized or historical or whatever I don't know but it's just a different it's a totally different environment between like the guys and and the women I think a lot of it a lot of it is institutionalized but for you know a variety of different reasons I think a lot of women have been anticipating what this day is going to be like yeah. for mm-hmm. um, far longer and, I, and, and far more specifically than the men do. And so I, for the I, men, it's just like, Hey, if I'm married at the end of the day, it's great. Whereas they've got this list of like, Oh, these things day. need to happen it's, because right. I've been, it's, not, it's, it's, it's like, not for the guys. It's for her of attention. Yeah. And, and they've been told what to expect, yeah. you know, by, by, by moms, grandmas, aunts, like exactly. all of that, well, you know, and now all those moms, grandmas and aunts, who are all there trying to either replicate their day or prevent the same mistake? Oh, there's, there's, they had. There, <laughs> you want to talk about living vicariously through some through someone else? <laughs> Seriously, like, I mean, beyond like soccer games or like anything else that you do with your kids, it's like that day is like exactly what you said. Either this is going to be the most special day in my baby's life, or she's not going to make the same mistakes that I made. Exactly. Well, it's always clear when the family swoops in that have this like very specific like. Well, you got to make sure you don't what you know X Y Z. And it's like oh, I don't really, yes. I don't right. really care about that. That seems like a really specific concern. Helicopter families, aunt. Helicop- hmm. Helicopter Any- families <laughs> with, with with weddings. Yeah. Did you ha- did you deal with that? Did you and Amanda deal with that at all? Um. No. Not fortunately. Not really. Um. And and if we did, I'm like very probably not a shocker just kind of ignore people um <laughs> so i just gotta do my own thing anyway it's like oh i guess if you're gonna have expectations for that you're gonna be disappointed because i'm it's not gonna influence what i'm doing but um no i think on the whole we we have always had kind of relatively safe boundaries and so people knew not to like come and try to you know interfere too much well, that's good. But I know I've 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 well, heard I mean, stories though. I know, yeah, I know. A man has posted like images from your guys' wedding. It looked like it was a good time. I oh, mean, it's so you, fun. Yeah, it looked like you guys had a very good time. I mean, yeah, yeah, just from the images I saw. But yeah, I mean, I, it's usually the way it is. I mean, it's it's always funny. Like, yeah, there's always like the stressful, and 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 by no means does a wedding ever. The ceremony never starts on time. And I'll, I probably filmed eight, nine, ten. I don't know how many weddings I, I filmed. Not one started. I've, like I, I have not been to a single wedding, family, friend, or yeah. otherwise that has started on time at yeah. all. So it never, no. it never usually does. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and even ones were like, because you know how like, yeah, back in the day it used to be like, okay, the wedding's at the church, the reception is at this hall, however many miles away, and you've got to drive and follow the procession there. But now, like, my friends, like, in my generation, a lot of them have done the thing where it's, like, the, re- the, the, the wedding is here, the reception's in the next room, like, in the big, you know, like, in, in the, the, the yeah. big, like, wedding event centers and everything. 
even there, where it's like the ceremony is here, the reception is there, both are late. Both are yes. late. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right. that they were right there. It doesn't matter that everything was there. They're both late. <laughs> so sure that. But yeah, I know weddings crazy. What well, have you, you guys haven't really talked about a date yet though? I'm we assuming. have. We uh, we 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 have. Uh, well, because you got again twelve years. So <laughs> this has been a topic. You know what? In many ways, and I told her, I said that like a lot of like the actual proposal was trying to find a way to reclaim the surprise because mm. after you date for that long, it's like, well, where's the surprise when yeah. it actually happens? And so that's what a lot of, that's what a lot, a lot of the, the, the machinations and the planning into that came to play. So we've had, we've had numerous discussions about like dates, what we're going to do and like, you know, where it's going to be and like all that stuff. So now it's really just about, okay, now we're, we're actually having to talk logistics because it's now officially going to happen. It's one thing when you talked about it in speculation. Now it's like, oh no, it's happening. So, yeah. so it's really just shifting to that. But yeah, we've we've got we've got a tentative. We have a tentative time frame, and now it's just about whether or not that will we can actually get it there. So good. Well, congrats, man. Cool. Thank you. Congrats, and like I said, yeah, like Stephen said, this was the wedding portion of the vodka stream. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back into the nerdy shit now. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I don't know if you uh, caught any of uh, when Reeves was on and uh, caught anything. Learned some stuff. I mean, he's a he's he's costume designer in the biz. The biggest one of the thing is like you know when it comes to uh, the '89 Batman, and you know we all thought, oh hey, you know the tail of the Batman has three spikes. No, that's feet. That's oh, actual feet. Did okay. you know? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Exactly. I did he not just, know that. He laid that on. I was like, what? He's all, oh, yeah. They looked at it as feet. Wow. I did, I did love his stories about reaching out like on the like on MySpace to people who were MySpace, yeah. he, he would read the he would watch the credits, and then he'd find people on MySpace who had worked on it and then be like, Hey, do you have anything? Yeah. You could get in the and I think through that process is how he said he got a full one of the full costumes from eighty nine. Yeah, he's which, got a full Keaton Batman. Which then when WB went to do some restoration a few years ago was like he had better archived um, pieces of the suit as well as reference photography yep. than WB did in their own archives. Shocker. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> I know, right? I know. I even said that yeah. too. I'm like, yeah, Warner Brothers doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, it's sad that like this, you know, he he's just he got the suit. You know, he's the costume designer. And he has it, and, he, and it's his suit is very much well kept up than what they had in their archives. So, so, so I'm, I'm I'm sorry if I missed it, but did he <laughs> uh, explain why? Did he go into it all why there's like three different bat symbols in the movie? Because the one that he's got on the costume is obviously very different than the one that's been on the one that's on all the marketing, or on the one that is like on the bat symbol. Like at the end or on the signal at the end of the movie. Well, no, he didn't talk about that. I, I just assume like I think when they were trying to do all this and and, and they and I think Tim Burton was just trying to be unique with um what was on his chest. Mm -hmm. Obviously it was different, but obviously with all the marketing, it was the traditional bat logo. Right. Um so because it's so recognizable. I mean, I almost want to know like what was the conversations like when they decided to go with that on his chest, like why didn't they just go with like the traditional I, I, yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a pretty easy to fill in the blank kind of process there of 
the the number of people that are going to see and have an opinion on the symbol is far smaller mm-hmm. when it's the symbol that's on the so that's on the costume mm-hmm. versus once you start marketing the movie or doing post which is where like the bat signal and stuff like that would show up um you you then run into like audiences have seen a first look at the suit or stuff like that and are going to have opinions on it at which point the studio is going to be like oh we should we should go with the one that people like okay um, so you're thinking that like like wow before they did all the post stuff like like you said with the bat signal with obviously that was at the very end and that's inserted probably last minute people were like what's going on with this bat logo it doesn't look like the bat logo i know and then because if you look at that bat symbol like at the end, which is, you know, it's an incredible shot, but at the same time, you kind of go, yeah, I mean, look at that's total. Like the well, cause like ball. when you're, when you're constructing the suit, you're going to be looking at like what looks best for the suit and all this like uh-huh. in universe stuff. And obviously you're going to be looking at like appeal also versus when you're looking at like, Hey, let's make a logo for the movie. You're looking at broad audience recognition. You're looking mm-hmm. at all these things that are going yep. to come into conflict with like, imagine if the logo for the movie had the, the the three feet, people would lose their mind over that. Just be for no particular reason, just because it's a thing. Sure. It's a thing to lose, like to that, lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, to, and even to lose your, it's just a thing that exists, and therefore yeah. it's a thing that people can lose their mind over. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll so I'll tell you as I'll tell you how like six year old Ray. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it. I've never told this story. Ooh. Scott wanted me to tell this story on the, the first night I was here because well it Scott's is... not here so tell it <laughs> no 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 he he, he, Scott? He, he, he 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 wanted me to because I've told the story before when we did our uh, our, our 89 review Gosh. on our Patreon about my crippling phobia of Batman 89 that I had for five years of my life. I'm not joking. Real phobia. Jack's Joker scared the fuck out of me. Nice. Absolutely terrified me but this was it was really bad it was like i couldn't watch tv for fear of a tv spot where he would show up that's how awful it was vigo in ghostbusters 2 i'm just saying okay i I totally buy that yes i totally (laughs) yes vigo to a kid absolutely terrifying totally buy that but like it was but my dad i love my dad dearly and he probably he probably still hates that i tell this story but (laughs) my dad as much as I love him, he can be a bit of a bully sometimes. Okay. And you got to understand that, like, he grew up in the 60s. Yeah. So his Batman was Pow, Bam, and Ziff, you know, Adam yeah. Westbert Ward. He's never read the comics. He probably still hasn't read the comics. He thought the movie was going to be like the show. Yeah. So he made me go see it. At the Ford Wyoming drive-in with my mom and my cousin Max. Did you already know? Like, were you had you already seen marketing for Joker at that time, or yep. was that your first? Okay, so you were already terrified. I was already terrified. You were already full blown. Can't sleep. Clown will eat me. And they yeah. took you to the drive-in to watch the clown. Totally. Because... And drive-ins for people who I feel I feel like younger people don't go to. Like for anyone that doesn't oh, know, like scary stuff at a drive-in is a million times more scary for some reason, at least to me. No, I like, because the screen is bigger. You're outside, which means someone can open the door and like grab you. Or maybe there was someone hiding in the back seat of your car the whole time. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, and 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 I know what my dad was doing. He's thinking. I mean, aside from the fact that he has he's never read the comics and doesn't know this isn't going to be two hours of Pow Bam and Ziff. It's also a case where 
I have to help my son get over this phobia. And it just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> like we got there and it was a double feature. It was Lean on Me and Batman 89. Lean and and Bat Batman was on the second. So I spent two hours of Lean on Me and White Knuckle. Like I'm I'm hoping that the screen's gonna fall down or the thunderstorm's gonna happen because I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. I remember before, like on the way to the theater. Donald eat me. <laughs> <laughs> When, it, when on our way to the theater, we dropped off my, my little sister, Rachel, at my grandma's. He turned the child lock on in the car so that I couldn't get out of the car because I wanted him to drop me off with at my grandma's the same time. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going with them. Okay, fine. So then the movie starts, right? I'm fine the first half hour because yeah. I mean, he's, he's not there yet. But as soon as he shows up, I duck down behind the driver's seat of the car in the fetal position for an hour and a half until the movie was over. <laughs> and it was like just oh and and it was it was he he, he <laughs> the movie comes out on VHS yeah he tells me i'm going to buy the movie i'm going to hook the tv up in the basement to all the speakers and i'm going to blast this movie through the house we took a family trip to target he bought the movie i cannot hear you what is he saying oh he's muted you're muted so he was trying so hard, bless his heart. He was worried about you. He was trying he was, to help yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So as a dad I mean, of a as a dad of a four year old now, I get it. Like, uh, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh so like, man, family trip to Target. He buys the movie amidst my amid my. I begged him not to buy this movie, and so he gets home. We get home. He makes good on his promise. Does it at this point? It's like. I can't even hear the movie. That's where my phobia is at. So I'm on my mom and dad's bed for two hours. I'm not kidding. Going la 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 for two hours. Seriously. Oh now, man. No, and and I, I don't know this for certain, but I've always felt like perhaps he and my mom had a conversation after that night. Something that went along the lines of "stop fucking with our son," <laughs> more than likely, if I had to venture a guess, because he didn't really he didn't do that anymore after that. But one thing that he did do was there was a, a, a shirt uh, he'd, he'd wear a Nicholson Joker mask and jump out from behind corners. <laughs> no, it, no, it was a, it was a Nicholson Joker shirt that he would randomly wear around the house. <laughs> yes, it's almost as bad. It is almost as bad. Yeah. So I I had like a a five years I couldn't watch that movie. I could wow. not touch that movie until, and you know what? And and Tim was like, "Well, how did you get out of it?" It was like, "Well, Batman Returns came out a couple years after that. Batman the Animated Series came out, and Penguin is so much more scary than that's, Joker." So that's the that's the ridiculous part. Stephen is like, Pe Penguin and Catwoman are far scarier than the Joker is in that movie, and yet I was, but I was getting older. That was the thing. Like I was growing out of it. But and Do you think it was like like a little fear of clowns? I mean, there's like that's a the little, that's a the weird part. No, because because like I've never had a clown phobia. Clowns are creepy as shit, but I've never had a clown phobia. Like it doesn't scare me. It never scared me. And like clowns in general, like at circuses and like any of the, like no clowns it, never. It, yeah, clowns are creepy, but they I've never yeah. had a phobia. It, you know what it was? It was just like what it really was was the rictus grin it was the makeup yeah. it was like that 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 like just how they had his face see it, it was because you know obviously with like caesar romero it's just it was just face paint or whatever and even yeah. with like over a mustache <laughs> yeah it, right exactly or like yeah. even in the cartoons it's like well that's a cartoon it's not yeah. real there was just something too real 
about yeah. the prosthetics the that they put on him. Well, yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that being like creepy because you know, even just going back to even memories of it, like yeah, I could totally see like how creepy that could be. Totally. Um, so but, yeah, no, that's why I see that. So it wasn't like a clown thing, you know, or anything like that. No, going like yeah. No, but I, but, but I, I did love Batman and like Batman has always been like my favorite superhero. So it wasn't like, so it was like that Christmas, like I got all the toys. Like nice. I got, I got the cave. I got yeah. the car. I got the plane. Yes. I got yeah. all the toys. I could play with the Joker toy because it didn't. I was look gonna good. say, how many Joker toys did you get from your? Yeah, dad? but the Joker, the Joker toy didn't look like. No, it didn't. It was, it was like from the yeah. comics. Same thing. Like same thing toy. with the fucking penguin in the Batman Returns line. They just like did not. You posted do about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It did not go comic accurate when it came to the villains on the toy line. They just were like, hey, let's just take some of these oh, old toys. Because, well, yeah, here. because they, they, like we said before, they were just repainting yeah. existing yeah, toys. And there doing. wasn't, they didn't have a model that matched, uh, that matched either of those. Yeah. Cause I, as you were telling that story, Ray, I'm going, they didn't have a Nicholson Joker. Imagine figure. how well, like, imagine like a Hot Toys Dude. Um, Penguin or a Hot Toys, like oh Nicholson, Nicholson Joker. Insane, dude. Have they, not, I, done, have they well, not done one? They I don't done, know. I they haven't, haven't done a Nicholson Joker? They did a Nicholson one. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they've done, they should. Not, you're right on the penguin though. They should totally do a, a Devito's penguin. Oh, dude! I mean, I mean, that. I mean, one of the things like oh, yeah, they did, and it looks it looked awesome. Yeah, they did do it. I, I had yeah, a feeling that I had a good idea then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need they do need to do a penguin one because I mean, one of the things that Burton was, you know, he always talked about too when he came to interviews. He, he was always more fascinated with the fucking villains than Batman. I mean, it was it was noticeable because anytime that I mean. Batman and Batman Returns, yeah, they're Batman movies, but the villains were like the the main. They were always like the main, and you know, we got obviously when it came to Batman eighty nine, we got we got the backstory, and of course they changed it up a little bit when it came to uh, uh, you know Jack Napier and Joker, you know, instead of Frost, um, Joe um, Joe Chill. Chill. I almost said Frost. I don't know why. Yeah, there it is, right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I mean, that's. Yeah. Uh, look, they're right. Look at that. See, is that yeah. freaking you out, Ray? Are you scared? No. Yet? No. no. Like, I bring <laughs> it up. Memories. I. I have no. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing. Is like I. I brought up at the beginning of our review, but it's like I've seen this movie yeah. so many times. I love that movie. That movie's fantastic. Yeah. I've seen it so many times. But like, but if you go back and watch it, like even, you know, like the uh, the surgery scene. Oh yeah, it's that is I mean, it, so it's, creepy. It is creepy. I mean, it is creepy. I think well, there was. It's like um, not. Well, I guess, and in a lot of ways, it's, it's similar. It reminds me of the Raimi um, surgery scene for Doc Ock. Oh yeah, where it's got that like very atmospheric, like like literally like leans into uh, the horror campside uh, of. I love that scene, and Dude. That, that that might be one of my favorite. It might be my one of my favorite, not my favorite scene in Spider Man Two, because that's like. That's where the Evil Dead came out, right? Oh, yeah. Like that's totally like that. We called that. We're like, oh, this is the Evil Dead scene. Just you know, especially like the when when he did the whole like the the the, the arm vision, where like yeah. you see oh, the, yeah. the camera from the perspective oh, yeah, of the arms. Like, like, uh, it's yeah. so yeah. quintessential, Raimi. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the hands clawing the ground, or like right. the chainsaw, like oh, the right. hands the chains up, like when this. we saw the chainsaw, we cheered. We were like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah!" Right? Oh no, no that 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 scene was like, yeah, that was completely like, just hey, I'm gonna do this scene. 
this is going to be 100% me. I mean, there's no music. It's all quick cuts mm-hmm. and like, like push-ins and stuff like that. I mean, you're literally, there's like one, it's like, there's literally a part where you're like, someone's like trying to like, you know, grab something and their, their fucking fingernails are dragging. You just see the, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right, like the so like the floor people. is peeling up under yes. your fingernails. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, and then like, you have the 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 scream. The, the, yes. The woman was like the, the, the ah. staring. It's just the on camera, nothing like just lighting shadow, shadow, and just oh, yeah, like yeah. a scream. It's so. God, but he he had too much fun doing that. That was oh, just, I'm sure oh, yeah. he that had. was I was straight from his wheelhouse. <laughs> I I can imagine him in the fucking edit bay, just like. Like, like arms crossed, just laughing his yeah. ass off. Like, well, now, oh and God, now he's gonna make the he's gonna make the scariest MCU movie. I know, ever, right? Like, that, that's gonna be PG thirteen, and you'll like it. So. But, that, but that's but that's why you know when I told people, you know, people that were so up in arms when Derrickson got pushed out of that, I said, you gotta understand, guys. Like, for what Feige wants to do with the MCU, Raimi style of horror fits it better. Than what De- Derrickson was gonna go like straight, you know, like Event well, Horizon. Derrickson is gonna do it. like one of those things where like there's some there's is that something in the shadows and like slowly it comes into resolution and there's a chill down your spine yeah, yeah, and right. that chill yeah. never leaves your spine for the rest of your life. Right, like that's what Derrickson does. Whereas like Raimi is still scary, but like there's enough. However, I think they're still gonna back it off a bit, like from even from that Spider-Man two scene we're praising yeah. but no, no, yeah. there's yeah. like there, that's two different styles right there derrickson yeah like you said there's a build-up he's got a, a unique style where you're just like huh, huh, you know and like the hairs on the back of your neck are starting to like you're hyperventilating out. before you yeah. realize you're hyperventilating and like, well, when it like, comes yeah, when it comes to Raimi, i mean there's almost like he almost like injects i mean there's just there's like a energy to well, it well he, he i think i think derrickson scares the shit out of you oh, whereas yeah. Raimi depicts people having the shit scared out of them right so there's a separation and and he had and this is is one thing that i actually looking forward to is is i his film will actually have a a nice balance of humor in it (laughs) compared to the majority of the rest of the franchise i expect dr strange and the multiverse of madness to actually have a very solid balance of humor Oh, shut with up, William. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> um, no plumber coming. And I'm never going to live down that that when the plumber showed up during my life. <laughs> never going to live that down. But thank you, William, um, for the and, super chat. Well, and I said, go, go figure. He's on the same page as me with this, that um, the comedy of Doctor Strange was on point. He's a little bit skeptical of, of Raimi's goofiness. And I, I'd agree with that. I actually, when I walked out of Doctor Strange with Derrickson, my reaction was, if they lean into this instead of the Whedon gun style, like if this is the template for the future of the MCU, I'm happy because at that point we were just getting the like Avengers Guardians thing, and they were like, "That's what it needs to be." And then, and then Doctor Strange was enough of a of a twist on that that was like, "This is how you do the comedy without like undermining all of your own choices with it." Um, but then go figure, they didn't they didn't stick to that. But um, <laughs> I I just it's hard for me to I don't know you, when when you see like Kevin Feige being like can you believe it? That's a real sunset in the Eternals for him to then be like, it's the scariest MCU movie. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, what is, well, like, what is this? What is scary? What do you think is scary? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, I, like what does Kevin Feige find scary? They're, like they're, well, they're even beyond like, like there's not really a bar. Yeah. There's not a, keep them oh, there we go. Oh, that's <laughs> that, dude. No, that's, that's terrifying. Lukewarm, lukewarm reviews. Oh, oh did, 
the the horror. Let's see. The 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 biggest nightmare for an MCU fan is a rotten dude. I've got a really cool piece I wrote. Uh, I don't think it's up yet, but it should be up up soon, so I won't spoil the whole thing. But I took I I took every MCU movie and pulled every data point that I could out of the Rotten Tomatoes scores. I hate Rotten Tomatoes as a like measurement of quality, but I think that's well, a fascinating. You kind of did that with Black Widow, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a fascinating indicator of of not, not like how good or bad a movie is, but like kind of what people think about it. And so if you take the all critics, the top critics and the audience scores within each of those, you have a positive negative ratio. You have a tomato meter versus an average score and stuff like that. And so what I did with the MCU is I took it and I, and I looked at what's what movies have the highest split between the tomato meter and the average critical score. Um, first of all, it's fascinating. Every single MCU movie has a higher tomato meter than uh, than average critical review. I haven't done a wild enough analysis to know how true that is outside of it. But like, for example, Joker has a higher critical analysis. Like the critics' average reviews were a much higher score than the tomato meter represents. Like it's a forty nine percent for top critics, yet they gave it like a six point seven out of ten mm-hmm. on average. Whereas the MCU, it would be like the the reverse. I think. So uh, without going into much more data about which movies fall where, um, I'll leave that for the, for the piece. But it's, it's fascinating looking at that. And so when you look at stuff like this, speaking of like lukewarm reviews, you're always going to have like a 90% movie is always a like seven, you know, six and a half or a seven out of 10 when it comes to MCU, as opposed to like a seven or eight out of 10 out of like a non MCU movie. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that's honestly my biggest issue with that is like okay look 24 of these movies which i've now i i saw black widow in theater so yes i've seen all of them in the theater okay and the problem is like all of them are fresh like all of them over 13 years fresh now here's the thing there's really only one of them that i've ever said i don't like and that's guardians volume two okay fine so i've liked the other 23 but I don't put them all on even ground. And the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is that nobody looks at the number. They just look at whether it has a fresh tomato or a rotten tomato, and it's literally like a pass-fail. And so that's my issue. Is like, why can't we just look at it in degrees, right? It's like, I'm not going to put Captain Marvel on the same level as Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'm not going to do that. It's never going <laughs> to well, happen. You know, that's, that's the problem with the, the tomato meter itself. Like w- imagine, and I, and I realize that the whole point of it is to give a simple, easily digestible number for people to consume. And so on one level for like, for the right audience, that makes a lot of sense. For people that don't watch movies often that are like, let's go to the, to the theater on a let's Friday go. night. Like, yeah. you know, our, our one of our three times that we're going to go this year, let's see what's out. You don't have time to read the six months of set reports and other stuff that we've been, you know, th- ye- not even six months, years of casting and set reports mm-hmm. and trailers and whatever. You have time to look That's at a 90%. Cool. Let's see it. And so that's so that's useful. But as I'm as I'm talking about like with this piece, there's so much other data in there. Why don't you say like, why don't you make the other numbers more prominent or give more categories and say like, if you're going to score it, score the um, score the score, um, the acting, <laughs> the 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 directing, the the mm-hmm. action, whatever. And then when you pull up the movie, say, oh, it's got a ninety percent overall, but they Dude. they loved the action. They the score was you know and score yeah. the individual elements just to give people something. 
because as I as I always say on BVS by the minute, Justice League by the minute, and Army of the Dead by the minute, um, whether a movie is good or bad is like the absolute least interesting conversation you can have about a movie. Like who 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 cares? Like good job, you you decided that something was better or worse than something else. Congratulations, as opposed to like actually breaking down elements of it yeah that's um, a good idea. and it's so fast because it's like the tools are all right like they have most of these numbers already they're just like hidden in the platform like why can't you say like oh it got a 90 percent but the average rating is seven out of ten or whatever like why can't that be more prominent you have to like dig into the numbers to find it most people don't even yeah. know what's there it's just weird no i, I i'm totally yeah. and it's, it, I, I deal with that all the time because I, I still have people like when they see what I tweet about the MCU when they hear what I say about it on my show or anything. They're like, why do you hate the MCU? And it's like, I don't hate the MCU. I'm just way more critical of elements of it than you are. Yeah. It's so like some of that I, stuff. That's why I don't like talking about a lot of this stuff with like people who aren't like in like film, film Twitter or like actively um, consuming all this stuff, not out of like some sense of elitism or anything, but because if somebody, if I have a friend who like loves the MCU but doesn't follow movie news or movie drama at all, great. I don't want to change that for you, but like I can't talk about it without like, okay, you like it, that's great. I'm not going to stop you from liking it. Like what you like. However, if you're going to be like more in the weeds on this stuff, there's so many like, well, why was this ranked this way and that that way, or why is this talked about this way and that that way, and and all these things like that. And it's like, but nobody imagine like kicking someone's door down and being like, stop watching. Captain America three because yeah, no, <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes score isn't consistent with like <laughs> right no that's so, like, exactly and and, yeah. and that's part that's a big like the discussion like you said but that's the first thing they'll tell you is that, oh you're just being an elitist you're being yeah, part right. of film Twitter right but it's like no we're we're not tr- uh, there are people out there trying to be elitists but there yeah, are also absolutely. people that just want to actually have a more nuanced discussion about these movies right it's like it, for example like it like i said it's a range like i'm not going to like i there are 24 of these movies now so i can now evenly have a top third a middle third and a bottom third and i can tell you spider-man homecoming is in my top third iron man is in my top third i'm on an island on this one but i'm gonna say it anyway iron man 3 is in my top third i'm gonna mm-hmm. say that Oh, that, that's a that's a yes, exactly. Well, I know it's not it's hot button, but we like it, so we're, we're okay. Fine. The things people hate about Iron Man three have nothing to do with filmmaking quality. Exactly. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not at all. And I'm not um, saying that they're they're like whether or not your concerns are valid or invalid, like whatever. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But like the Mandarin has nothing to do. No. Like if it wasn't a comic book character already, then it wouldn't even be part of the discussion. It's got nothing. Like now, given there is some goofiness with like the Killian reveals and all that. So yeah. it's not that it's perfectly executed, yeah. but if there wasn't an expectation of who the Mandarin was, that would be a great twist. It is very similar like to what is happening now with Taskmaster. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. But, uh, but it's like, okay. So when it comes to like appraising black widow, it's like, okay, it's not in my top third, but it's not in my bottom third either. Like my bottom third is like, you know, Ragnarok. Yeah. Guardians Volume 2, Iron Man 2, right? Like, that's my yeah. bottom third. And it's like, okay, why can't we have discussions like that where it's like, instead of saying pass, fail, or good, bad, we can that's, be like, 
oh, this is in my this is in my top third, this is my middle third, this is my bottom third, and here's why. That yeah. kind of thing, you know. No, yeah, I mean that 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 was always my uh issue with um it's always my issue with Rotten Tomatoes is the fact, like you said, it's like okay, it's gotta get to this sixty percent, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're good. We're good now, and blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden there's like logistics of like what determines if it's certified fresh they have that extra thing it's like what 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 determines a movie to be certified fresh i've had that many times too where where people have been you know even with Zack Snyder justice league was like like why is this not and then it's like well it's got to be like 75 percent or something like it, there's like a it's, certain it's thing. very arbitrary yeah, yeah, I, you know and, yeah. and i just hate it because there there have been times where i'm in like hey you know i've hit up friends hey you want to go uh, check out this movie? And then all of a sudden, what is my response? Well, it's at a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. I went, and? I mean, do you not just want to, like, determine yourself? Like, whether you, I mean, it, it is frustrating because when you go and look up a movie on that site, that the percentage, and they know this. They know this. They've tweaked it. They've done their due diligence, they know exactly what they're doing. That's why when you when you open up and you search for something, the percentage is the biggest thing you'll see. And then all of a sudden, like Stephen was talking about, is like, you know, breaking it down with like the averages and all this stuff. It's small. Like you have to like go, oh, there's like another little rating right here that rates it differently. Mm -hmm. because, you know, and everything. And I'm like, that's the number that you really should be looking at more than this. But yeah. they realized they knew that people would just go, just pull it up real quick, see that big number. Up oh, now, nah, I'm not gonna go see that. Look at how mm -hmm. shitty that. I mean, it's 42. What the hell? I'm not gonna go pay money for that. It's it's so damn ridiculous, and I hate it. A couple of days ago, I think it was Zachy. He found somebody else who was like, or out of Zachy, or maybe it was Richard Newby. I forget who it was, but like they posted someone was like, quote this tweet with. A movie you like that is like oh, yeah. rated rotten, right? Yeah. And All the that. first, the first inclination is like, oh, BBS, right? Yeah, like but, that's, yeah. but honestly, if I had quote tweeted it, I would have quote tweeted it with Die Hard with a Vengeance, which yeah. is fifty one percent rotten. What kind how of is that? Even, is that how even that? I mean, that is such the superior I, like Die Hard like sequel. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I know. I mean. I know. I I don't. There's a lot of things. I mean, the fact that Hook. I I saw some people say Hook, and I'm like, Hook is fantastic. I mean, like, I, I I grew up with that movie. I love that movie, and and the fact that it, it it's rotten. Like I was shocked. I was like, how is a Steven Spielberg movie that has Robin Williams as an older Peter Pan, and it's a different take that you haven't seen before of like a, a Peter Pan who walked away from being Peter Pan mm -hmm. and forgot who he was. And the way, and he got Dustin Hoffman as Captain Dustin Hook. Hoffman like, as Captain, you know what it is? Yeah. It's, all, it's all the it's all the Julia Roberts haters. They didn't like her. Oh, uh, they didn't like her as Tinkerbell. That's, what, that's yeah. what it was, you know. Or yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm like, I'm how guessing. is that even a rotten movie? I, I can't even understand that. Well, and, and that's that's why it's so arbitrary, and that's why like for but people I'm, that follow the score that and make their decisions based on the score, I guarantee that the majority of them, if they poke through those ratings, would find at least two or three movies rated rotten that they're like, oh, they're full of shit. Those movies are good. Which yeah. is the point. You but know I'm, what I mean? Yeah, but I'm digging Steven, like, what he was saying. is like, you know, if you're going to 
break it down. Like, let's break it down on like the different like little things. Like if it's an action movie, you know, rate the action, rate the performances, rate, you know, and just, I don't know. Like all right, of a sudden right. my brain started going like a little like, whoa. I mean. R rate the visuals, rate the writing, yeah. rate the acting. Yeah. yeah. Set designs, everything. The rate the score. I would let you know what. Yeah, rate the, the score. score. I mean, like, there's yeah. so much like, you know, and I'm just going like, there's so much to a movie that when you watch it, I mean, is there, is there ever such thing as a perfect movie? I mean, maybe, all, you know, every one of us has like that perfect movie. But at the same time, you know, I could take Back to the Future and be like, well, there's this part right here that just, eh. But other than that, I'm like, you know, this movie's phenomenal or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. There's just like, if you could just break it down a little bit as opposed to just, you know, like you said, a tomato or a rotten tomato. I mean, it's just right. You know, let's get some people that to, to actually just go, hey, let's, you know. And by the way, I actually did get turned down for being a Rotten Tomatoes critic. I got the email, and it was kind of funny. Um, I didn't, I haven't talked about this, but I got their email this week, and I totally forgot that I submitted for it. You know, and you submit, and you kind of fill out something, and then you like, okay, what are you like credible for? And it was like, okay, here's my YouTube channel, ball. They told me like, oh well, yeah, it seems like your um, reviews are very reactionary, and I'm just kind of going, huh? <laughs> because sometimes when I've read reviews like with the little captions, it seems very reactionary. Very. And there's been times where it's like they just they have not been analytic at all, and I'm kind of going. And then I went at the same time when like, did you just look at my first reaction reviews? Because yeah, that's a thing that I do. But then I do like a more in depth, you know. Yeah. video where i kind of break it down i get and you know i get kind of go like this is what i like this is what i didn't so i'm kind of i mean even just trying to submit an application for rotten tomatoes and them looking at my i guess you could say my credentials which is my channel they just kind of looked at maybe one or two videos that was more of a first reaction and said nah we don't want that we want a more a little like not reactionary but i'm going I've read some of the captions, you know, specifically when it comes to like directors that critics don't like, they'll just immediately just go. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, very reactionary. Well, I, and, and it's not like the bias isn't there. And I, yeah. I've, I've actually, I've talked about this before. It's like bias isn't a bad word. Yeah. If you have a bias one way or another, like for or against something, that is your business. It's all subjective. Yeah. Just admit it. That's yeah, all. It just, just, I know. just be honest about it. Like, why, why hide anything? It's like, Ray, you have a bias towards DC. And what yeah. did you, you, do you think I'm going to say, no, that's not true. No, it is true. Batman's my favorite superhero. I would absolutely prefer the Justice League over the Avengers. Yes, this is true. Now what? What are you going to do? Like, what is, where, where do we go from here? And that's, that's really all that I would want any critic to do or anything like Rotten Tomatoes to do is just be honest, be upfront, be transparent. You know, and, and at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I get that Rotten Tomatoes is just like a conglomerate. Like they just bring in all this stuff and they have a rating system. It's not like they're just, you know, like a lot of people say like, it's just oh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, well, but it's like, it's, it's a, it's a system. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just like they just put out this and they're just trying to like, control the system and it's like nah it's not really that it's like but at the same time the system just point out that the system is flawed 
you know, it definitely is like, like, like what we were talking about. It can't just be like, it's either bad or good. You know, there's gotta be, I mean, especially getting that email and saying like, Oh yeah, well your stuff seems a little too reactionary and it's not analytical. And I'm going like you, you're basing it off of a tomato. <laughs> That's either right. rotten or fresh. And you're telling me that I, I don't have the credentials to just like uh, be part of this whole system. That's, that was kind of interesting to me. I'm like, the system is definitely fucking flawed. And I'm liking what Steven was saying of like breaking it down to like individual things, every, uh, you know, little aspects, you know, which whatever uh, a movie is, you know, if it's an action movie, it's like, yeah. So people are going to want to know how, how are people rating the action? And, you know, if it's a low, like, oh, the action was like, ah, oh, it was choppy. And it was, you know, they like the edits were crazy. And it's just like, I could totally see that they were like, you know, predicting like the next move. It was like an old Steven Seagal movie where like he literally is blocking a punch that's not even there yet. Right. You know, stuff like that. They, didn't, like, hide, yeah. they didn't hide the wires well enough. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. I right. mean, I think that's the way you should really if you want to get analytical and like break it down, let's do something like that instead. And I'm kind of, you know, when Steven was talking about that, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. And then, uh, did you hear about this, Ray? Uh, Carrie, thank you for the super chat, but yeah. Remember, uh, uh, an LA confidential sequel, Chadwick Boseman, Crow and Pierce, and they turned it down. Huh. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I did Warner hear about Warner that, yeah. Turned, uh, you know, a potential, yeah. you know, a sequel to a, an Academy Award winning movie. By yeah. That could introduce some, you know, a little more into it. And hey, guess what? There's going to be, you know, a, a Chadwick Boseman who's going to be in it, probably leading the whole thing. And they turned it down. Hey, good old Toby, right? Yeah. You know, well, and, and that's. And, and that's the, the, the crazy thing is like a couple of years ago, if you heard this story, you'd be like, well, that, that kind of sucks. But now you hear this story and it's like, oh, yeah, figures, <laughs> you know, like it. And it's no, it's well, it, I mean, even more so now with, with, with Chadwick's unfortunately passing last year. But like it's yeah, it's just, you know, now you have to file it under the growing list of missed opportunities right like just yeah. oh that what what could have been and that's i i had this thought I had this thought earlier today because i was reading uh indie wire uh interviewed gun because you know obviously the press stuff for for the suicide squad is ramped up yeah big and time. it's you know that that's our current drama right now is the battle <laughs> yeah. the battle between suicide squads which give me fucking both of them I, there's no battle I anyway, know, right? But like, he was talking about. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have read this this IndieWire interview, but like the way that Gunn speaks about Warner Brothers, it's like, is he talking about the same studio? I know, because right? He's talking about the the freedom and how they really got something going, and how, and how really... like Feige is more like, man, when it's editing, he's like way heads on, right? Warner Brothers, not so much. And I'm like, yeah, if your name doesn't rhyme with. Jack fighter. Yeah. Basically. Well, I think if you look at Warner Brothers' long history of they're, they're very reactionary and always have been. And so even the cases where they are famous for freedom, it's usually like what'll happen is they will, they'll have, um, they'll make a Superman movie and they'll kind of let Donner, I guess maybe not do his whole thing, but they'll like, let him have a lot of 
like make mostly the movie that he like wants to make and then it does well and they're like oh well we made that a good movie so now we know how to make the next one and like destroy it and then they're like okay well we screwed that up so let's 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 bring in tim burton and let him do his thing and then it and then it does well and they're like okay cool so now we know how to do this one so we'll tell him how to do the next one and then they you know they they grind down into the ground and then they're like okay okay let's try again we'll bring in nolan we'll let him do his own thing and that does so well and then and then they're like okay now let's t- <laughs> it's like this like pendulum of yeah. of and so <laughs> and so they bring in gun and, and reeve matt reeve also they're like all right let's let them do let's let them do their thing and then um and then you know so suicide squad will be it'll be great but then watch they're gonna swing back to like like gun is going to then have a different experience on one of the, on one of the next ones because so, they're, they're going to so, be like, so yeah. five. So he's going to be, so five years from now, he's going to be the next air. He's going to be telling, he's going to be on Twitter telling those stories talking maybe, about, like, or, or maybe he got the clout that, or maybe he will get the clout that he needed. If suicide squad does well enough to be able to call the shots and to be like, no, like Nolan did with, with uh Snyder on man of steel to be like, nope, let's, like in like protect this project but you know someone else is going to be you know the victim of 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 that and then they're going to clamp down too hard and then they're going to bring in a, another matt reeve to save the day and they're going to have their um you know they're going to have their uh um their whatever is going to you know blow up and be great and then and then they'll clamp down on somebody else it's like maybe i <laughs> I, I have i have thought personally like when especially when it comes to like Reeves and, and, and also with gun, I felt like since 2017, I feel like every director and I could be wrong on this, but I've just gotten the sense that like every director that has gone into a negotiation with Warner brothers has basically said, put it in writing that you're not going to do that to me. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that it, what happened to Zack Snyder is not going to happen to me, put that in writing. And so that's why, and I know people are like, well, but they screwed with Kathy Ann on Birds of Prey. And it's like, well, Kathy Ann, that was literally her first American big butted anything. Like, well, and so, one of the areas that they always went wrong with Snyder, and I feel like they did this with, with Ayer as well. And now Gunn gets, Gunn has a lot more clout coming into the process. But the biggest thing with Snyder is they've never understood what they had on their hands with Snyder. Like to him, to them, it seemed like they always thought he was like a studio product or something. Like we made him because yeah. he came, he ground his way up from you know three hundred. It's this he made this micro budget or smaller budget, and I guess not nearly micro budget. It was sixty million dollars. But um, well, I mean, whereas you know, guns coming that, in and and he did suit and he did. Um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, and even Snyder, like there was enough controversy to be like, okay, let's react to audience reactions. Whereas with Gunn, it's like nobody is like, oh, but we need to clamp down on his edgier tendencies or or whatever, because people love Guardians, even Guardians too. You know, even though it's, there is a a vocal contingent that was like disappointed in it, it still got good reviews and people. Yeah. There's it's got it's enough you know big fans that loved everything that he did about that. That there's no like. When he got hired, there wasn't an out. There was an outcry of like, "Oh, good, this is what they need more of." Not, "Oh, that's a great pick." So long as they can stop him from being overindulgent on poop jokes or whatever, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and 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 so I there's I read that article and I was thinking about all of this and I thought, you know, okay, because where am I at on all this? You know, in terms of like, 
you know, our, our, our misery level as DC fans. Like, what, how, how miserable are we going to be today? <laughs> That's basically the question that we have to ask when we are thinking about the future of DC films. And my whole thing is this. I just want a sentence. <laughs> One sentence from, and it could be, it, could, it doesn't even have to be from Anne Sarnoff or Walter Hermada. Just have the press agent, have John's press agent, who, by the way, wants it clear that he's Lebanese-American. Like, have <laughs> that person write a sentence that just says the following. Our plan for the DC Extended Universe is to do standalone movies to allow our creatives to tell the stories they want to tell within the multiverse. That's all I need. One sentence that just says that. And I'm okay. I'm okay. And yeah. I feel like a lot more people, if they had that one official sentence, would be okay. But because we don't have that sentence, and, it, and this isn't, I'm not saying that I wouldn't still be disappointed about all the Snyderverse stuff. Of course I would. I still would be. Of course I still want those sequels. But I'm just saying, can you, I just want one sentence of transparency in terms of what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> and that's, going forward and that's the, the been the problem oh, with only. on and from a number of angles because every time they've had to react to pr in any way like the Anne Sarnoff interview was the closest they've come to like making definitive declarations about this stuff but right. like if you remember before justice league when they interviewed um um johns and um nelson and then i think um John Berg was was interviewed in that also, or interviewed around that time. But they'll do like a profile where it'll be like, "Here's a piece about Jeff Johns," and then they won't give a quote from him. They'll just like the the article will say, "The plan for the future is going to be X Y Z," but it'll be like inferred from quotes where the the quotes themselves aren't actually published. Right, and so there's this level of like. Okay, is that what's inferred? Is that official? Is that you know? And the, and that, the whole thing goes back to the Snyderverse of like Zach had maybe not the entire thing like when BVS was announced, he had a general idea, but like for sure by the time of like Comic Con, you know, twenty sixteen or or twenty fifteen even probably, where they when like when they announced the whole slate to be able to say like here's the plan, we're gonna do this, and I think part of the problem is they they weren't settled on a, a specific there was still debate so they were trying to leave it open or whatever but and this has been i guess maybe maybe trampled to death because i bring it up all the time but <laughs> if they had just said like we brought in Zack snyder to tell he has a, a vision for a five-part story that's going to take batman superman wonder woman cyborg flash aquaman on a journey and then he will pass it off to other creatives who will take them on a different journey or at the same time we will have different creators come in to take them on different journeys or whatever and nine like the the number of people who during the whole snyder cut discovery period there were so many people who said like eventually that they they made this realization of like that there was this five-part plan where they were like oh you mean bvs wasn't the foundation of a 20 film arc yeah right it would have been over in three more movies. I am curious how that would have gone now. 
And then after Justice League came out, they were like, wow, this would have been done in two more movies. I want to know what would have happened next. But that narrative, it was like, it, it was painful to like get that established without any studio comment. Like the studio still hasn't said Zach had a plan and we're going in a different direction now. Even when they refer to it, like like even Sarnoff was like referred to it as like the Snyderverse. And there's no like she said, there will be no more like there's Snyder, there's no Snyderverse plans or no more plans for Zack Snyder. It wasn't we have no plans for Justice League two and three. Like the, like the studio has never acknowledged other than releasing the boards at the Dreamscapes exhibit. Um, the studio has never acknowledged like this was a arc that had a, a beginning and end. And that on its own settles so many anxieties because so much of the, I mean, and it was, it was even in, in men of steel reviews, but also in BVS reviews, there were so many that were like, I don't see how this can, you know, this doesn't serve as a, as set up properly for 20 films or they're going like they assumed there's going to be 20 films and then would evaluate, well, this is rushing it. They've got so many, it's like, no, no, this, the, you are evaluating it in the context of like, which first of all, shouldn't happen at all. But even if it was, it wasn't, it was, it was evaluating the role, how effectively it served a role that it was never trying to serve. And it wasn't even saying it should have been trying to serve this role. It was just saying like, this movie is intending to accomplish a, B and C. And it didn't do that. It's like, well, no, it's not a comp. It's not trying to do a, B and C. It's trying to do X, Y, and Z. And you're not evaluating how well it does X, Y, and Z. You're evaluating how well X, Y, and Z match up to A, B, and C, which it doesn't and shouldn't and, and whatever. Now, maybe you don't like X, Y, and Z either, but at least talk about it in that context because that's right. the context it was created in. If right. you're going to hate it, hate it in the context of the role it was intended to fulfill or criticize the intention to not fill that role. And, but, but it was a weird combination of assuming both ways of, a, it is this, which it wasn't, and it's not good at that because it wasn't trying to be. Like, and so. at the end of the day, all of that could have been wiped away largely with just a sentence or two of transparency. That's it. It's literally it. If they wanted to avoid so much of the noise that has been going on for the last five years, all they had to do was simply say, "This it's X, Y, and Z. As opposed to saying nothing or letting Adam B. Very and some of these other writers say it for them. Yeah. If they come out and say directly, it's X, Y, Z. Then at the very least, whether they like it or not, the conversation can be about, like you said, X, Y, Z, as opposed to continually, continuously trying to compare it to ABC. And it's not just, to be clear, it is not just writers and bloggers that are doing this bad comparison. It's also the fans. Yeah. The fans are doing this. What it, the, the whole thing that has been happening the last couple of days, or, or actually this started on Wednesday, and I have not, I'm, I am in the middle of the fourth episode of Loki. <laughs> I admit, it, it's become very clear to me that I prefer the binge model, and I'm sick of watching weekly. Somehow I've remained in the bubble. I don't know how, <laughs> but I have at any rate. But when that, finale came out on Wednesday and I watched so many people lose their damn minds because oh my good oh my god Marvel beat them to the multiverse <laughs> and I'm like okay no no the whole reason but but here's the thing it's not even they're not even they're not the reason they say that 
it's not even because Marvel did that because one Marvel actually didn't, but whatever. The reason they're saying it is because they're using it as a vehicle, a vessel for their anger yeah. over the incompetence that Warner Brothers and DC have had oh, over yeah. the last five years. So, so that's all it is. So, so, so now they've taken the ABC to XYZ comparison and they're using it as a weapon for their well, own. To, 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 but it's such a weird to evaluate anything in that context. It's like, since when was like, like talk about like 10 years ago talking about like, Ooh, Marvel's going to beat DC to the multiverse and have people be like, what, why, why are, what the fuck does that mean? Like, not just what, not it, what is it? Not, I don't know. What does it mean? But like, why is that some sort of a benchmark? Like, Oh, DC introduced Batman before Marvel did. Marvel really missed out on introducing Batman. Like, no, it's just because like, why, why is <laughs> these are not things that we are. Why should they beat? Why, why is beating anyone to anything a, a, why is that like a goalpost that like, yeah, they so, need to be crossing first or last or, or, or it's just, it's not a race. It's so, it's, it's so weird. Well, and like, um, you know, but you know, what's funny. It's like when it came to, to Zach, what he was trying to do is like, okay. I mean, we even talked about with this, with, uh, with Reeves, you know, <clears throat> so, Obviously, when when Man of Steel happened, I mean that was coming off of Dark Knight. So then, when it was like, hey, when it came to the sequel, it came to BVS. It's like, what do you do? What do you do when it comes to Batman? You know, and obviously they were like, well, let's do Batman, but let's do a, a Batman who's been around for twenty plus years and everything. And then all of a sudden, you got all right. Well, let's establish. Let's start setting the foundation for the entire Justice League, where it's like, all right, you have a Wonder Woman who's been around for over a hundred years. You know, and then but then we can establish like these, you know, cyborg and, you know, Aquaman and all that stuff. I mean, it, it, he very much did kind of like went back to the like when people talk about, you know, team team ups and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, we looked at X-Men that kind of started like this whole crazy cinematic like hey this is all right the boom kind of started you got x-men and then all of a sudden spider-man came out but with x-men it's like you know the, the group was already formed you know not wolverine of course you kind of got like that backstory rogue too you know and everything so you had like little elements that built up like this the, like this team it's almost like to do something different than what Marvel was doing. It was like, Zach was like, all right, well, let's try to do this. Uh, yeah. We got this young Superman. we got this veteran Batman. I mean, he really was trying to change the game. And then we got this wonder woman who's been lurking around for a while. And obviously a lot of people were like, we don't like that, you know? And then probably even Warner brothers was like, we don't like that either because what can we do? We Batman's one of our biggest properties and you already have him like in his mid forties. What are you doing? How, how can we capitalize on that? And, you know, but at the same time, it was something different and unique from what happened already with Nolan. It was like we had this, it was established, you know, we had an origin story and then we had this story that just didn't go. I mean, even Nolan changed the game too. It was like he had a Batman story that literally had a beginning and an end. Well, that's you what know? I was going to say is that that's never, I don't want to say never going to happen again. Yeah. But if Warner Brothers has their way, I guess whatever their way is, they don't even know, but yeah. they, they will not allow that to happen again. I think they don't like um, that. They, they wanted to keep on like, well, they, they, they expand, expand, expand. They, if you were to talk to them about what made 
like I don't think that they necessarily look at that, or maybe they do, with regret as like, oh, we missed the chance to make a shared universe out of that. Like the the notion of the the Nolan trilogy existing as like a box set you can buy and a story that is complete and a a fixture in pop in a time and place in pop culture is is cool. And there's like the Star Wars trilogy was for a long time um, about like you have a complete story. And at that time, that made more way more sense to set out to tell a story like that. However, now, if you were to say, if you were to pitch the Nolan trilogy, they'd be like, well, but then what do we do? Yeah. So you, wait, you want us to abandon all of that afterwards? It's like, well, for the sake of preserving the integrity of the, the self-contained artistic vision, like, yeah, like this may be more controversial and so i'm i don't want to i don't want to say like nobody's going to care about it but you've got 24 mcu films and increasing and it's going to continue increasing in 15 years when they, when there's three of them coming out every year sometimes four what's going to be the like are people going to still be talking about Iron Man one in the same way that they talk about it? And like, what's going to be like, what happens to the value of each of these when like you're nobody, you can't binge the entire MCU anymore. There's, there's very few like self-contained character story arcs. I mean, Tony Stark has a, a beginning middle and end in a way in Iron Man one, two, and three. Um, and I, th- I guess even Thor doesn't really through, through Ragnarok Captain America's arc definitely doesn't end it concludes in an end game and i guess tony's arc continues an end game also but he's got a, a satisfactory ending yeah. in iron man 3 also which I, I don't think steve gets the equivalent in in civil war no he does like not. like what what of this franchise can you break apart into like a digestible like complete collection so like it's too big to consume on its own but also none of it is is conclusive enough to be consumed or held up on its own in the same way that like the dark Knight trilogy or the, the, um, the Lord of the Rings or any of that can be, or like Zack Snyder's arc would have been. Um, and, but it's, so it's this really weird state of like, and part of it is, I think the, the zeitgeist we are, we live in an age because of social media and all these other things where everything is being analyzed in retrospect before it happens. So our our perspective of ourselves and the world we live in and our place in the world is all based on like like the the whole idea of like being on the the right side of history as a as a as a concept. People use that for whatever any any context, political or social, or even talking about movies being on the right side of history or whatever. But like th- these are things that are being determined before history even happens. You're saying like decide now how you're going to be recognized in. 20 years as opposed to like decide now like what is a the right thing to do right now um not that being forward thinking is like doesn't have any value or anything but it totally like in the effort of building the greatest franchise of all time you're you have no nothing has value now everything is about what's next even even loki which i i I guess i don't want to spoil anything for you i'm sure you've been spoiled a bit if you've been on social media but like not to give away too much the whole the whole notion of the show is entirely in service of the bigger picture and 
I'm sure maybe some people will go rewatch it, but to me, it's like, okay, now that we've established that this no longer has value because the only value it had was in getting people more excited for the thing that's coming next. And like, how long can you, how long can like, what's the most popular thing with like every MCU movie, the post credits scene, which isn't even like a part of the movie. And all it's doing is saying like, be excited for this next thing. It's like, well, when, yeah. when does the thing that we're excited for happen? Like we're excited yeah. for this thing that's coming out and it comes out and it's like, you can't wait for the next thing. And you're like, awesome. And then it comes out and it's like, but you can't wait for the next thing. And like, I guess it's, it's been very financially and, and critically successful, but at what point, at what point do people just say like, okay, that thing you've been telling me to be excited for never completely happened because there was no like even end game like was close and it's like conclusiveness. But even that, it's hard to look at that and be like, that's the end of the story. Like it's, well, I, I don't I, know how it's very, I'm very curious how like the MCU as a what 40 film collection or whatever is going to look in, in 10 years versus. Well, I, I, well and, it, and, it, and that's the problem when you decide to do cinematic television. Cause that's what, that's what the MCU is. It's cinematic television. And oh. I've been saying that for years, like each phase is just one season. And yep. you know that that essentially what it, what we had the end game was essentially the season finale of season three, but then like Far From Home was like the epilogue, right? It was like the the the, the postscript for that, right? And I feel like, and this is gonna uh, some MCU fans may bridle at me for saying this, but Black Widow feels like a lost episode, like one that was yeah. supposed to happen earlier in Phase Three, but oh, we. It, it got buried in the archives and now we've, we've resurrected it and here it is. And so what ha- you know, there's a post-credit scene there. And again, what does that post-credit scene do points to the future and without giving it away, it doesn't just, it, now things are even more complicated in terms of what you're talking about, because you're not just pointing to the future of the movies, but now you're pointing to the future of Disney plus because that post-credit scene points directly to Disney plus. That's yeah. all I'll say about that. But like the whole, the problem, and this is why, you know, I, I always bridle at people who act, you know, like the, there was a story that came out earlier this week that uh, a 24 was shopping itself for like $3 billion. And I saw 50 people on my timeline go, you better not touch it. Disney. And like, Disney's not a monopoly. Disney markets themselves so well. And so invasively because they own a news network and because they own a sports network, big sports network, they market themselves so heavily and they oversaturate the market so much that people just think that they are all powerful and believe that they have all of this ability to buy everything and they really don't. And so the situation with that is when they, when you are constantly marketing the next thing, the audience doesn't even stop to say they, they just treat every each movie as another episode. And now they're going to treat these shows kind of in the same way where it's like, well, no, these are actual because because when you get into rank, it's like, OK, now where do you put WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki in relation to the movies? Because they're all connected. Right. So what kind of list are you forming there? But again, these are things that are pushing you towards the future. There's never time in the franchise for you to sit and digest what you're watching. You know, case in point, I saw somebody earlier today talking about how we still haven't gotten a teaser for Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's because Black Widow just came out last week, 
and there's two more movies in between that before we even get to to, to Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's a case where, like, literally, like, Black Widow... I feel like the Russos were being prophetic when they said the spoiler moratorium for, for a movie is two weekends. They said that in their press tour for Endgame. They're like, two weekends. You know why they said that? They said that because after two weekends, that's when Disney starts marketing the next thing. Mm-hmm. So after this weekend, we're going to start seeing the push for Shang-Chi. And literally, uh, uh, oh, like yeah, they're they're yeah. going to start ramping that up, and then we'll start seeing more Eternal stuff. And then, then after, and after yeah. uh, two weekends after Shang-Chi, Eternals push. And that then we'll start we'll really start seeing Spider-Man stuff. And it's just forward, 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 forward. That's all the franchise really does. Yeah. I, I, I like what you had to say about like how Black Widow is like that lost episode. Because it very much is. And anytime like something that like that happens, they always I mean, uh, uh, you know, and you know, it's not really spoiler or everything like that. It's like they try to they almost do like an like let's inject this. To, to 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 um for people to recognize it hey guess what what's her name yelena she's wearing this vest with a bunch of pockets guess who ends up getting that vest at the end you know natasha and then she wears that in, in you know infinity war remember infinity war ha it's all connected Woo! you you just you know it's all at the same time I'm like man, fucking who who cares about a, a vest with pockets you know what <laughs> You know what it reminds me of, actually, because I've always been very on the same page with Ray and the idea of cinematic television. But even you look at Lost and Breaking Bad and Sopranos and anything, those all still have a beginning, middle and end. You know, they've got even if it meanders at some point, you've got like the early seasons, the middle seasons, the end season. And there's and there's some sense of a of an arc, even, you know, Lost is going to get a lot of debate over like what was intentional, what was planned and how it was executed and all that. But like there's still a an arc that comes to conclusion and i don't get the sense that like there's that's something that's ever going to necessarily happen like how do you wrap up the mcu and be like that's it that's the final movie and yet like tony stark has been dead for 20 years or like you know how do you how do you do well, how do you I mean, give like, someone like... a more satisfactory end than endgame when when so much evolution has happened and i th- and and as you're saying that i'm thinking it's almost more like music it's a well, phase. yeah, but it's almost more like music than it is like, um, than it is like television, and that you'll get a band who, um, I think like the Killers or like Maroon Five. I think it's like a great example of this, where they'll have like an early album, a breakout album, or whatever, and it's like, oh, this is really cool, and then they'll have their next album, and, and they go mainstream. It's either and they go mainstream or whatever, but then they'll have they'll have eventually they they the second or third album usually either it's like an evolution and people love it or people hate it. And at that point, then a ton of bands, it's rare that someone doesn't fall into this trap, get like fixated on like, like, you know, their first album and, or their second album. And then after that, it's all, well, that's what people want. So let's just give them more of that. And so then you just have like a ton of background music that sounds like the things that people liked from that first album or that second album. But like, you you know you got like we were in five and you got like songs about jane and like you listen to the songs on that and you're like these are all amazing awesome independently good songs and then you've got like oh and then you've got adam levine singing for like, and they'll have radio hits and they'll have whatever but like nothing is as culturally significant as like sunday morning or um or uh um i can't remember the the, the there was a couple of big hits from from 
song is about Jane, but for like, a, I don't know how weird of a poll that is <laughs> for comparison for everybody. <laughs> but, but the, but the, the, but the point is that that's, that's such a, like, you take something that's iconic and then because like with music, you're not servicing a storyline, you get to a point where it's like, let's just give people things that sound like that thing that they like in perpetuity until I guess of well, like, and, and it's hard for a band to reinvent itself. Right. Like there's no point yeah. that people are going to be like, Oh, this is totally different. I'm into it again in the same way that I was with the first one. Now it's just like, Oh, that's a, that's a sound that I like. And I want to continue listening to that sound. And it's just, a bunch of blah versions of that for well that's why that's why I, I sell. that's why i said that black widow was like the marvel formula i mean it definitely was in my opinion it just had that marvel formula i mean it did it didn't seem like it strayed away it was like yeah you got like these other side characters in this like yeah it's a contained story but at the same time it had the same beats of like all right you established this in the first act and in the second act you're going to have some of this 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 that and this and then also in the third act is going to be like this crazy ending where something is falling from the sky you know it's like they, they couldn't just go like hey the red room it's going to be at a place underground. It's going to be something. It had to be a fucking like ship in the sky. Well, and, and, and I said in my review, I said it's a, cause I did like the movie, but I said, it's a solid impersonation of winter soldier. And, oh, yeah. th and, and, and think about, and, and when, and think about the phrase, think about the word impersonation. Mm -hmm. You're trying, but you're not as good as the original. Oh, yeah. What you just said, actually, like it, if you go back and look at that movie, like, like I, I think even thematically speaking, they try, they were trying to like embody Winter Soldier in terms of like the tone and stuff. But if you just look at it structurally, that whole red room part, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is Project Insight all over again. <laughs> it's the whole it, instead of three helicarriers, it's one floating base yeah basically right. and it it, right. it and it, it it doesn't instead of landing in the water it just lands on the ground basically <laughs> like that's a, okay it's the same setup and so i could look at that and i could go okay well i i like winter soldier winter soldier is one of my favorites but you didn't quite get on that level you just seemed like you were intent on like you said following the formula and getting close but not really you know understanding what it was inherently that made winter soldier as special as it was. And I mean, listen, technically speaking, like the fight choreography and like a number of the way that black widow is shot, it really does embody a lot of what I enjoy out of yeah. winter soldier. But when yeah. it comes to like a full body of work, you know, I guess for me, there was probably just a little bit too much of red guardian and no disrespect to David Harbor. David Harbor is, awesome and but he he was he was telling way too many jokes he yeah, was, yeah. It, he it, was it a little cringy at, at moments i, I, I haven't yell. seen it yet but that is like the second i saw his like character reveal i was like this is gonna be a character that i wish like hypothetically is really awesome and i'm always going to wish that they didn't make him the comedic relief or whatever totally. like nope Yep. And I, it's funny, I, too, because yeah. when you actually see the opening, you kind of go like, huh, 
Okay, maybe, maybe, is he, why? Okay, you're, you kind of go like, ah, this character's going to shift. But in the beginning, you kind of go, hmm, yeah. there's something there. And then there is something there because there, is. there really is something there that they really could have like fixated on when it came well, to uh, the story. But there's just. In 2021, you've got a movie about a Russian, he's like a Russian version of Captain America, right? Yeah. He's like their attempt. So imagine culturally like as a part of the zeitgeist how much opportunity there is in 2020 to tell a story about a character like that and then like to not do it because it's not as good as having him crack jokes is like the most predictable and disappointing kind of like it it went downhill once he put the suit on oh yeah (laughs) when he was out when he was out of the suit like even the stuff where he was in uh, the location he was in since you haven't seen it, <laughs> even some and of the I stuff. Didn't well, that's fine. I'm not worried about spoilers. Yeah, I know. I well, mean, there's nothing really to spoil, really. No, not. Yeah, well, I it, mean, it, you you already saw the Taskmaster it, thing, and that was like the biggest. That, that was the biggest, right? And and it's so weird talking about spoilers for a movie that, chronologically speaking, yeah, happens I, between Civil War and Black Panther. Yeah, or like See, around that that's, time. That's the thing. Is like it just felt so out of place. You know, and it's out like, of place release wise. Yeah, like if I ever went back and did an MCU rewatch, which I'm, I I might do that. I don't know if I'll do all twenty four, but I might do that at some point. But if I get to that part of it, like I probably I may Black, watch Black Widow's The Tokyo Drift. <laughs> or, yeah, like I might watch like you know, okay, I, I watch Civil War, and then I watch uh like Black. Strange, and then Black Panther, and maybe I sl- or, or I slot. Like if I'm if I'm going chronologically, I watch Black Panther right after Civil War, and maybe I watch Black Widow right after Black Panther, chronologically speaking, because it's like that's where that's where this belongs, that's where this fits. I don't care when you released it, the movie chronologically took place back then. And and the thing is, Steven, is like there's there's so much in the movie beyond just the fact that it's about a dead character that points to exactly when and where it happens. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like the general, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying that Disney is insulated from all of this because obviously the general audience doesn't care. They saw it. It made a ton of money. It's making money. Okay, whatever. Not that big of a deal. But if we're having a deeper conversation about it and you look at the film and you go, well, if somebody's trying to piece in their head where this happens, they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Why didn't this movie come out four or five movies ago? Not just yeah. because she should have gotten a movie, not just because they think she should have gotten a movie sooner, but because literally the movie, the events of the movie, happened four or five movies ago. How how clearly do they like how much effort do they put into into spelling out where it is in the timeline? Extremely, oh, it's dude. a lot oh, because it's it's abundant. It is abundant. It is abundantly clear because oh, if you think fact. about the general audience, that's one of those funny things where like that's a very classic general audience thing where like they'll go see it because it's. MCU and it's Black Widow and it's ScarJo and all that, but the frequency with which you have a um, a prequel or something like that, and the general audience doesn't even know it's a prequel. Um, mm-hmm. Like the frequency with which they'll be like, "I thought they killed that character off," but you know, this it's a comic book, whatever. They just like shrug it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what what that's the most common with, but there's one where there's, there's a franchise where it's common that it will run into oh, like people who 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 like exiting. Um, Rogue One, for example, thought that it was like Episode Eight. Um, oh, wow. and and like, okay. <laughs> and right, you're like that's a common 
Yeah. Like, and that was and that was a common enough thing that like it seems crazy to us. But the fact that somebody could watch Rogue One of all movies and leave it and not be entirely confused and not be like furious at how they're like ripping off the Death Star again. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet also be like, like they thought like Jin was Ray. And I'm not talking like it was a common, common, common thing, but I'm saying it's not a. Oh, somebody thought it. And not just I, somebody, I, not just somebody thought it, but I mean like of the general audience, 10% maybe. So like you take out like all the hardcore fans and you take like 10% of the, of the general audience. Mm-hmm. And, and yet they're also unfazed by it. Like they're not walking out of it. Like Ray's arc makes no sense. And how dare they do the death star again? And, I thought Darth Vader was dead. Like none of that. They were just like, "Oh, it's Star Wars. It's more like that." Shows you it's so so that so that that really informs to me also how like. So imagine those people watching the actual episode eight or whatever, and that's the level of scrutiny and continuity they have comprehension of. Um. So of course the MCU, the exposition universe would would be like, here is where this stands in the timeline because these people that's what this audience that's like one of my biggest issues with loki also where like the finale is like it's just like they it's might as well it might as well have been a, been a documentary where they I have brought heard, Kevin I, Feige I, I, out I, I, and just been like here I is have, how this is structured like I why seen the meme people have compared it to the architect from the matrix reloaded there it's, you like go. That, you know it's like that but it's it's yeah. the entire it's like if the entire episode took place with the architect like there's no and because the architect is like a it's like a quick like exposition isn't inherently a bad thing like the architect is cool but it's like a big reveal and it's like a boom 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 whereas like most of the loki finale would have been more interesting as a prequel movie like the coolest things about the loki finale are like why didn't you make that into a movie of its own that would be it'd be like if you it'd be like if in, in in um imagine if like justice league was a series and there was an entire episode of Diana telling the story of the history lesson to Bruce. And it was just them standing in the hangar telling the story for the entire episode and no history lesson flashback. Hmm. But hmm. she like jumps up yeah. on a table sometimes to be quirky. <laughs> like, okay. Like, All right. No, no, I, uh, I, Inter- I, I'm I'll, I'll get to that later no, on. I mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I'm, me, I'm taking from me. I, I think Steven didn't like it as much as I did, probably. But yeah, I'm probably pissing a lot of people off with that opinion. Yeah, I know, I know. I remember your tweets, and I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna stir some shit." <laughs> there was, yeah, no. I, but I, at the I, same time, at the same time, I'm like, "Oh, Kang is going to they, they, they." they I mean, going back to the Marvel formula is always like setting up for the next thing. I mean, Kang, right? Like, de- Kang is definitely going to be. He's the next Thanos. But because Jonathan Majors was like trending on Twitter like all day, and I'm like, like I, I'm like, unless you and, and and what, and that's part of where this also kind of fries me because I, a lot of times I think about Samuel L. Where he's like, you have to get past the Avengers and Marvel shit. Other fucking people make movies, and I'm sitting there like, did any of you watch Lovecraft Country? Did any of you see the Five Bloods? You don't even know who the hell Jonathan Majors is until now. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> well, yeah. and then, but of course, then you've also got people who were like, oh, it's too bad the Emmy nomination just came out because Jonathan Majors should have like been nominated or whatever. And I was like, I don't, I don't agree with it's just so it's like once again how what are you actually watching and com- like how do you I and I'm not saying his his performance he didn't is bad. Get nominated? Majors? Yeah. 
for no, for, lo- for Loki? No, Loki. No, for Lovecraft. He got oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, okay. No, for, for Loki. People, people were saying he should have been nominated for yeah. Loki, and I was oh, like, oh, for Loki. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be no. as harsh on his performance no. because so much of it, so much of it was that it was like there was the the setting of the finale was not like there was no atmosphere, and so it feel even though they've got like a background you very much feel like you're watching somebody act on a blue screen not by like a fault of his so much as there's just nothing it's literally just exposition delivery um and i've seen that already in the three and a half episodes i've watched yeah i mean if you've noticed that in the other episodes it's that but like the entire episode is is that which is like the biggest weakness of the show to me is that it's like let's just have loki telling explaining people stuff like hmm. okay was very okay. disappointed in the show overall but and I'm, i know i'm unique in that so i guess maybe everyone has dismissed my opinion this, but this is <laughs> no, 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 this, no, this, no i get this, it i get it this is the harshest criticism i've i've seen of it in the last two days and i'm saying from either side of it because i've seen a ton of mutuals that are just like oh my god they like they were uh, uh ranking the Disney plus shows like earlier today and everybody had Loki at the top of their list. And I was like, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have well, it at the top of my fun, list. Fun fact. Here, here's another cool thing about the uh, rotten tomatoes data is um, the uh, way back machine pulls historical scores. And so it's fascinating to look at scores always evolve over time, especially yeah. audience score and audience score is jacked in so many ways, but um Almost every MCU movie is the most popular MCU movie the month it's released. Exactly. Like, it, like if you look at the ranking, um, like uh, Black Widow right now is, I believe, the highest rated audience score of any MCU movie. It's the best movie in the MCU. Ever. But you look at, but you, you, you know, but you compare it to um, like Ant Man and the Wasp. I think opened to the at the oh, same score God. that Black Widow is at right now. But you know, it's at eighty seven percent now, or or whatever. So this stuff all falls off, and so the con- but the conversation stops though. So you have a month right. of people saying Loki is the best ever, and then in f- in six months, people are going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? It really wasn't that great. But you don't you don't reevaluate it. There's no conversation to say like, remember how we said it was the best ever? We don't believe that anymore. It's it's still the, I the, still have the, WandaVision on top, to be honest. Just because I, even even with the dick joke, boner joke. F- 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier right now is is my number one as far as the shows. And I it was strong. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. It, well, it, it's it's what I wish Civil War had been, like you know, an actual Captain America story as opposed to Avengers 2.5. But this is how the marketing machine works for Disney and it's like you know and I've, I've been telling Scott this for like the past couple of weeks and he's just been observing like what I've been talking about it's like when people talk to me about the impact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had I have to look at it and go well it's not the movies it's the marketing yeah. because when it's in Good Morning America when it's in ABC World News when it's in your sports when they do Marvel Nights in the NBA, when there's a Black Widow or a Loki ad every two minutes on in between watching Stephen A. Smith make an ass out of himself or, you know, anybody else, you know. Hey, it, hey he is making memes for us. Don't diminish, don't diminish <laughs> his hard work. That guy is no, a it, <laughs> No, he's, he's, he is a meme factory. And I, I just, <laughs> listen, just remember this uh, hockey is back on ESPN this fall and they're going to let him talk about it. 
What? That, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, well, no, it's, I think the thing wow. that really, for me, started making me sour, or I don't know if it's sour so much as like just not put as much investment or anticipation into it and just appreciate it as a like the popcorn that it is, is that um, the MCU never delivered like like you said it, it, it is the marketing and it's it's the um, it's like the Big Bang effect right of like by that i mean like the show the big bang theory of how if you know anybody like your your aunt or your mom or whoever that probably watches that show but doesn't know anything about any of the inside jokes that are in it now they like think they're a part of this like they think they've got a joke about batman or green lantern or or uh, Aquaman, right, or or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I'm one of the the hip kids because I'm in on the show." And so you get, you know, the MCU on Good Morning America, and you have the stories about all the actors and everything. And so you get the like general audience on board with this, like, "Oh, this is a like they set a narrative of like this is the thing," and then and then meanwhile, like someone like you know, and I <laughs> again with the I'm sure not everybody agrees with me on this, but I know myself and a lot of people will, like sit down and watch Big Bang Theory and be like, "Okay, that's just like." no like that's not actually a joke or if it is it's old and not the case anymore or that's not an accurate reflection of how these people actually are like but but it's not for it's not for people it's not for people that are like the characters in the show it's for people who don't understand the characters in the show and find the idea of going to comic-con inherently yeah you you, you're talking about and i i'm a huge shonda and i are huge big bang theory fans we've been watching since like season three so yeah we got in on like close to the ground floor but you're talking about the the references and like the 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 stereotypical humor that they put in terms of geek culture like that like any like anytime they reference a show or a movie or like how they you know how, how they're improperly playing world of warcraft on their computers <laughs> or how they're holding their Xbox controllers is like nobody fucking holds an Xbox controller like that when they play it, that kind of stuff is what you, is what you're well that but to, also right? there'll, there'll be stuff like the, the there'll be jokes that are that are of the nature of like oh isn't it funny that geeks are this way and everybody's like ha 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 it is oh, funny that geeks are that yeah. way and it's like well but geeks aren't actually that that way. but like yeah. cultural kind of everyone's kind of runs with it because it's like well that's what the show that depicts the way geeks are depicts right. them and it's not like I'm like that show represents me incorrectly so much as like there is just a disconnect between like what we because like these movies are made for those characters. Right. And mm-hmm. so the people that a lot of the people who are not those characters or the, what those characters represent who enjoy this content are people who are like, oh, this is just like what the characters in Big Bang Theory would like. Therefore, now I can like it, too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this, and meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, well, they're not like you're making content for i don't know it's such a weird no i get what you're saying i i I totally get what you're saying because it's like this level of like accessibility for the general for the uninitiated and that's what the franchise that's what the marketing of the franchise continuously bills is you don't have to be a nerd or a geek in order to get into it and they sell you also on this like there's so many like the even on twitter you see that like 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 um Dave was talking about like with the vest or whatever that is they do in, in Black Widow, where they'll be like, "Ooh, look at this!" And people do it with Snyder all the time too. One of my like 
<laughs> I, I, it gets on my nerves when people praise Snyder for having like attention to detail or whatever, because 90% of the time it's just like basic continuity. And maybe he does a better job than other people. So I'm not saying it's not something he's worth being praised yeah. for, but you see stuff that's like, oh, Snyder's attention to detail is amazing because the pod is open on the ship. And, and it's like, well, yeah. And then you ask like, Snyder, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, like and, and it's something that he legitimately puts care and attention into, but it's not like sometimes, yeah. But um, it's you get this level of they make that way more accessible in 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 the MCU, and so you have like uh, um, on on Twitter or or even not you have people. It's it's the um, ironically, it's the, I understood that reference. It's they give that feeling that mm-hmm. like that feeling geek yeah. gets when they're reading a comic book and it's yeah. like editors note read this and it's like oh i've read that i know what you're talking about like mm-hmm. that satisfaction of knowing the lore there's like a dopamine release or whatever that you get from that i feel like and they give that to the general audience but it's with stuff like remember when like like for, like literally the i understood that reference is like, gif is like a phenomenal um meta example of that of like people being in on the the thing Mm-hmm. Um, without like, and, and I don't know, I guess maybe there's a level of elitism to this. Cause I'm not being like, they didn't suffer out reading comic books. Like we did to truly grasp the depth of like, that's not the point, but the point is that they're serving up this like, Oh, Hey, remember when he said, I can do this all day. Well, he says I can do this all day. And this one too, like <laughs> there, there, there's at least a line or two. Like there's one line in particular in black widow for sure. That does that. Where mm-hmm. like if you remember, uh, uh, thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. And like, and, that's... and and that's I guess why I bring up Big Bang Theory because that's the type of thing where like the show would bring would present that kind of thing as like I, I don't know as a completely hypothetical example of something that the characters would be like, "Ooh, I love that reference" and whatever. And so then the audience is like, "I also I understood that reference," and it's like, but that's not like actually a reference that's like actually interesting or deep or meaningful or anything it's literally just like the, a callback yeah yeah and, and, and i'll admit when i heard her say it in that scene yeah i had that dopamine i had that dopamine effect yes i it, it was cool for a second but i didn't give it any like any more massive thought it was just like oh well that's clearly because there's a reason like there there is more of a reason as to why she mm-hmm. says it which clues you into some things that you sh- that you would have already known about her character had you followed her through. So yeah, it is like that reward center that they're hitting, but it's not like this massively deep, you know, incredibly meta meta thing necessarily. It, it's just rewarding you for having done the homework. Yeah, true. And then and then and then one of the things I was thinking about too is like, okay, so obviously we have we we know that there's certain characters in there, you know, Secretary Ross. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, all right, if he's in this, what are we gonna establish here? And then it just seemed like, eh. Nothing. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's just he's all about the accords thing still. Yeah. You know, that we are we we already left behind in Civil War in Chile. And I'm like right. yeah. and I was like I was kind of going, uh, are they gonna try to like hint at something, uh-huh. at least get something thunderbolty, you know, or something like that? You know, it was like nothing. Yeah. I, I, I found that part. I mean, sorry, Steven, I didn't mean it. <laughs> but you you don't worry about spores. No, I I, I could care less. Time, it's like it's like they have Ross in there and you're kind of going, oh. And, and I totally forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, he's a part of this. And I'm going, okay, 
they're going to try to establish something because I know that they want to, but, and then may, maybe I missed something. I don't know. I haven't watched. No, the- I, I don't, I don't, if you did, then I missed it. Cause I yeah. mean, it, it, it made sense for him to be there, but it was like, All right, just- let's, let's progress the character a little bit. And it yeah. didn't seem like it did it. You know, this character has been around since the second movie in the whole fucking universe. Yeah, and they've they've also, but the, but see, it's this weird thing, you know, and it's almost like it's the universal problem again, because he was in that second movie, but it's almost like, you know, they he doesn't come back until like eleven movies later, and it's like literally from Civil War on, they've just ignored that yeah. he was in the second movie, and you know the what Thunderbolt actually means, and I don't know if it's a legal reason because Universal won't play ball with them on all that. I don't know. But the, but because, because also think about the movies that he's been in. He's never, I mean, black widow is, I guess a solo, but it's not a Hulk solo. Right. And like he's in civil war. And then he was in, I think infinity war for like a hot second as a hologram. Like when he was trying to, uh, Did- Talk down to. Uh, no, I think it was Endgame. Wasn't that Endgame? No, I wasn't. Or was it Infinity War? No, I think it, he was. Wasn't uh, I think it was Rose. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. War, yeah. So like, then like like Steve and her. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So so it's almost like they kind of reinvented his character, but didn't change his name, and it's like uh, same actor, same name. But you're just going to ignore all the shit that happened in Harlem in your yeah. second movie in the franchise. But then at the same time, we have the Abomination showing up in Shang Chi. <laughs> it's like, I, well, wait a minute, I, right? You know, and yeah. and, and also, uh, he Blonsky is going to be in one of the shows. Yeah. Tim Roth is going to. Is it She Hulk? I don't know. Probably it might probably, probably yeah. but he but he's been cast. He's going to be in one of the Disney Plus shows that yeah, we're going to get. So I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's always going to be the case. I mean, I mean, you could probably look in comic books where they like kind of go like, oh, we kind of retcon, you know, retcon stuff, and then you retcon a retcon. I mean, look at Fast and Furious. I mean, I think Zaki uh, last week when he talked about that, like how, you know, when he had Han who died, and then all of a sudden it's like they retcon that, and then they retcon a retcon. And it's like whoa, it's like you know that's that's what's going to be happening. It's like retconning other retcons because they have to make it fit and be like, hey, we got to move forward and we got to continue still with the story. So we're going to have to like, hey, maybe people don't really remember this or, you know, forget Uh, it. And in that case, the general audience probably would care even less about that one, especially given how the mid credit scene in F9 went down because all we want to see is what happens from that. Well, yeah, they did a really good job because, yeah, that that little mid-credit scene, I was like, okay, good right. job. You got right. me. I want to see what happens next now. Right. Fuck you. Damn right, exactly. It's like, never mind all the multiple retcons they put into this. Never mind that they literally did go to space. Dude, I said I mean, the next I mean, place for them to go was space, and I was like, oh, they already have. Yeah. Never mind all of that. It really does get to the point with, like, these uh, mid-credit, post-credit scenes. I mean, even with Black Widow, I mean... When you see that scene and you kind of go, okay, shit, you just sold me this. Okay, I get it. I mean, like, they have perfected that pretty well where it's like, you know, 
you could even you could be like eh about the movie, but then all of a sudden, like, yeah, you get that to that post credit or mid credit scene, you're gonna go, okay, the next product, you know, going back what you know you were saying, Stephen was like, you know, they really do a great job at that because I mean, my the, the strongest character I thought was Yelena, and the fact that they're gonna continue on with her, I'm like, all right, all about it. Cool. I mean, yeah, this this movie was like, you know, uh, kind of felt filler out of place, blah, blah, blah. You know, Scarlett Johansson, see you later, even though I already said that back in 2019 or whenever Endgame came out. You know, I was already done with it. Now I'm like, all right, Yelena, let's see where you're going to be. And then, you know what? And I'll commend Black Widow for going, okay. They knew that they had to go, okay, we're going to have other characters that we have to introduce that you're going to be more excited for. And they did it with, with Florence pew, 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 you know, like I'm, I totally am all about like, Hey, whatever, like she's going to be a next I'm there, totally there. And then they established that in the post credit scene or mid credit scene. I'm like, thank you. Cool. That's fine. I didn't really dig black widow as much as maybe other people, but guess what? You still sold me on the next product. For, for, for all of the criticism, and, and for the record, Black Widow's in my middle third of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for all the criticisms that we that I or any of us can have about the quality and, like, the content of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the one thing that I have always said from the beginning and will continue to say is Kevin Feige is doing his job. He is sure. doing, And he is doing his job to perfection. You can't say he hasn't. Like... It's you can be critical of whether of what you think of the job itself, but it's not a case where you can be, I don't think, terribly critical of yeah, how he's doing like it. it. Yeah. Right. He he is operating at 110% efficiency with that job. There is no doubt about it. This is this is what they want to do, and he's not even hiding it. He's not even hiding that that's what they're doing. He's making it very good. That's why the 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 eternals thing about you know the the, the lighting and everything, Stephen, that's what makes that funny because that's not his job. And he knows that's not his job. He doesn't care. It, so mm-hmm. he'll throw something out like that. And he knows he's not going to get shit for it because look at what he's done yeah, effectively right. for the last 13 years and what, what he's going to continue to do. He knows what he, he knows what he's doing. So, you know, it, he's not this evil, like he's not like Gru from Despicable Me. He's not like, you know, <laughs> twirling his mustache and figuring out how to take over the world. He's just literally. He's delivering wow. what the audience apparently wants. Yeah. They, 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 he, he works for the best brand builders on planet Earth. These Disney can sell whatever the hell they want to whoever they want, however they want it, and it will always sell. Like, they're just very few of Disney's IPs fail. Like, that's just a thing. And that's just whether it's. You know, even all the people that bitch about Star Wars, it's like, okay, you guys were all upset, and not you guys, but like in general, people were like upset about the sequel trilogy, and now all the I, I, people that have been upset about the sequel trilogy, if they're not still, you know, harping on it on like Twitter, what are they saying? Oh, I love, I can't wait for the next season of The Mandalorian. I can't wait for Ahsoka. I can't wait for the book of Boba Fett. It's yeah. like, whatever angst the majority of everybody had about the sequel trilogy that still, by the way, made a billion dollars a piece. Now it's like, now we have all this anticipation for what 
Star Wars is going to do in Disney Plus, or we're watching The Bad Batch now, and we're all excited because of all these connections that it's making to Clone Wars and Rebels, and we can't wait for Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie, right? It's like they just... Disney knows what they're fucking doing. They just do. They're not a monopoly, but they know how to sell shit. They know how to sell shit better than anybody else on the planet. It's very true, man. Very true. I think that that could be a good way to uh, wrap up the stream right there by Ray saying Disney knows what they're doing. I mean, sadly, I mean, it's I can't disagree with that. I mean, you don't have to like it. We don't have to like it. I mean, that's what's so great about this, too, is like you don't have to like it. But at the same time, it's like that's part of it. And then when it comes, you know, to Warner Brothers in D.C., it's like, you know, eh, when you have somebody who is trying to do something different and Warner Brothers was like, no, no, we have to like we have to capture what they're doing over here. And then they realize, well, that was a mistake, obviously, because when we see Zack Snyder's Justice League, we get, OK, that's not what they were doing over here it was something different and it totally works and that's why everybody's you know going crazy about it and you know when when it comes to like multiverses i mean this has been like the hot button topic and i i hated the fact that people thought the multiverse thing was like ah multiverse started wednesday loki wednesday <laughs> started i'm like um well uh we had the spideyverse first off you know that recently and then we I mean, DC was kind of already tapping into that too. I mean, it's already kind of been there. I mean, as, as, as Ezra Miller was, Ezra Miller and Grant Gustin were on were on screen together. But like, what even out. is? Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> say it, Stephen. The the multiverse has existed ever since there was more than one story told. True. Yeah. With Very these characters. True. It's yep, just like, never been in your face, I guess you could say. I mean, well, it, it, now it, that now now that term is being tossed around like. Easy, it's uh, well uh, here, but, but uh, here's something we all need to remember. Maybe this is a good thing to end on. <laughs> remember that the general audience are not having these discussions by yeah, and large. That's right. Yeah, when, no, we, when, we always have to check ourselves. Yeah. yeah, when we see the people blathering on about how the multiverse started Wednesday, that's like what one percent of like everybody. Like it's 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 the fandom. That's really what. The, the yeah, general audience. Then, then you but, see, like you know, DC fandom going, "Oh, they beat DC to it." It's like, did they? You know, no, like, no it, it's, it, right. And that's what <laughs> that's that was the biggest thing that irritated me. Was just like, you guys realize that you're doing the you're the people that you hate. You are feeding them. Exactly. You are literally giving them ammunition. You're like admitting defeat. And right. It's like, it's like you you want them to stop hitting you with a hammer then don't hand them the fucking hammer. <laughs> you know, yeah. like play keep away. What the hell is wrong with you? But it's just, no. it's it, it, right. So I, it, but that's, you know, the general audience, they saw Loki and now, and, and they, they're still seeing black widow. And then they're just going to get ready for Shang-Chi, which will be in September. And they'll, they'll follow where the marketing takes them. Like as far as that goes. And, and, and when the flash comes out next year, they're going to go, Oh, well, they do it too. Okay, that's yeah. all the generalized is going to say. Oh, they do it too. Okay, or if they or if they watch the DC shows, they're like, they've been doing this. Okay, and that's it. You know, that's the hope. And then I, you know, and then when it comes to Shang Chi, I'm like, well, first off, I'm looking forward to What If because I'm kind of curious of like all that. 
You know, and I thought Loki, the way it ended, I was like, yeah, they set up what if for next month. Cool. And I'm totally looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi because it's going to hopefully break the mold a little bit. And I'm hoping for some like really awesome fight choreography that doesn't have like, um, you know, a half a second, you know, cut in between like every punch and every kick and stuff like that. I don't want it to be jump cutting like crazy. I, I Going by the trailers, it looks like, hey, this is going to be beautifully shot. There's going to be some longer takes that we're going to see. It's not going to just be, you know, nah, and, I, and I'm really hoping for that. Who knows if that's going to be the case, but, you know, just really hoping for, you know, that that and then next year when it comes to the flash and what's all going to be with that i mean hopefully i don't know it's it's very weird what's going on with the flash because it's like i'm excited for it but at the same time i'm going i don't know like is it going to work but at the same time i'm looking at the people involved it's just such a weird thing especially being a dc fan because you know and then we got suicide squad coming out next next month and i'm kind of going yeah, I'm going to see it. Obviously, I'm not going to pass it up. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be uh, hopefully, I mean, we, we've gotten the first round of social media reviews and you can't really go by those because it always seems like the social media reviews when that embargo lifts, everybody's always really positive. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, when the actual reviews come out, people start breaking it down and it's kind of going, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of going, you know, and then there was that whole, you know, there's that whole thing with the Phantom about James Gunn and Zack Snyder. And it's just, it, 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 you get tired. <laughs> you get tired and you kind of just go like, hey, um, I mean, I get it. If you don't like James Gunn, fine. Perfectly fine. And there's a lot of, you know, what aboutism, And there's a lot of like, hey, I don't plan on seeing this movie, but I have a thousand opinions on it. You know, there's that yeah. whole thing. that My favorite is like, is is like uh um oh hey this this treatment of james like and it's weird because like i don't really care to defend james gunn i think that like his tweets were weird and yeah gross. We all but also that. but also like there's been like no evidence of like anything else and he hasn't shown any signs of like that being like a, a it was just it was just really 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 off color bad taste jokes and I'm not going to celebrate him for that by any stretch, but like, I'm not going to hold Like I'm not going to crucify him over it a, a decade and a half later. Um, but also like, I'm not, I have, so I have no interest in, and also I'm like, I'm, I'm mixed on, he's He's done some great movies and he's done some not Shitty. so great movies. Yeah, yeah. And so like, it's funny that like you strike that balance or try to strike that balance and just like defend him against unfair criticism it all of a sudden turns into like, oh, you're defending the pedo, or like, well, how come you're not saying the same thing about Zach? And it's like, well, how these, like, first of all, like, what do you do? Like a manifesto every time anyone says something where it's like, this treatment of James Gunn is unfair. Also, Zach's treatment was unfair. Like, no, those are both things that are true. You don't need to like preface every single thing with like the list of like <laughs> right. other whataboutisms that are equivalent or not equivalent. Like, like, no, the way that people talked about Zach was unfair. That does not mean that it, like that has nothing to do with whether or not the way people talk about James Gunn is is fair or not. Like those are like fair is fair and unfair is unfair. And what happened to Zach was not fair. And what happened to James Gunn is what happened to James Gunn, not what happened right. to Zack Snyder. Like it's uh, so, no. So, yes, there's yes, there's some weirdness in the whole like 
why did he get so much freedom and Zach didn't? But like that's not James Gunn's fault. Like how are you no. gonna like, fault him for yeah, that? Yeah. Or oh. for taking advantage of the situation. Like, I don't know. It's just well, it's it's a far more complicated situation. And there's a lot of people who are like not very good at bad faith arguments in that they like they think I don't think they actually believe what they're saying, but they believe that they are like establishing a narrative. And so they'll stick to the like gun is a pedo gun is a trash filmmaker whatever. And it's like nobody, but your like bubble believes that. And so all you're doing is just like preaching to your bubble and like not convincing anyone of anything. And so there's this weird like crusaderism going on about like, why aren't you fighting against him the way I am? And it's like, I don't take your like whatever your social circle rewards you for saying like whatever, like, um, every time the rat pulls the lever and says James Gunn sucks and they get likes from all their friends, good, keep doing that. And they'll keep on encouraging the Pavlovian response. I don't care. Have that. Why are you going to like demand everybody else take part in that like circle? It's so weird. Well, it, it, it's, it, it is. It's, it's like this weird sanctimony. Like they're all, they're standing on a soapbox and like try it. And they feel like, it's it, it's a way for them to achieve this like moral superiority right mm -hmm. and it's like no well, because once they have that 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 justifies the way they are like if they are morally superior if they are on a soapbox well now they can talk down to other people or now they can say these other disrespectful things because well what about when this happened well first of all what happened, happened to zach did not happen to you it happened to zach so right. like you can't take that as a martyr to be like this happened to me it didn't happen to you like right. Um, right, that, that that's where it starts. There is this whole like, no, you're not living vicariously through the man. He went through it. You can not like it, like any of us don't like it, but don't use that as like it's not your shield; it's his. You know, mm -hmm. like that's not how this works. But yeah, the whole you know, I and I was I tweeted the whole, I tweeted basically what you said a second ago about gun yesterday, and I for I've wanted to tweet that honestly for a minute because for like the last couple of years that sentiment has gone out where they've literally like called him a pedo. And it's like, there, that is very irresponsible for you to say that because there is literally nothing, you know, and it's not even a case of like, you know, cause people are like, you don't know everything that he does. That's true. We don't know everything that he does. Here's what I do know. Unlike others that have been caught in Hollywood, this guy had the cast of one of his movies, write a letter and start a hashtag of defense for him to get rehired. Okay, no one did that for Whedon, or everybody wanted to rat Joss Whedon well, out. I know, I know what other person that happened for. Well, hmm. we oh, uh, well, <laughs> well, see, there, you, right, there you go, exactly. So, but that, and and not only that, but just uh, last week, you know, that whole exchange between Gunn and Ayer, where Gunn was talking about the freedom that he got, and then Ayer was like, "Dang!" and then Gunn responded to him, and. Ayer had nothing but great, called him one of the good guys, said, thanks a lot, James, you're one of the good guys. It's like, conveniently ignore that in your sanctimony. You know, yeah. you've been trumpet, you're, you're, you've been tweeting hashtag release the Ayer cut for the last year and a half, and you're all about this big thing on August 5th, but as soon as he praises gun, oh, that's, you, you, that never happened. It's, it's yeah. fake. And then, yeah, and, then, okay. and, then, and then even like back in 2017, gun tweeting out support for the Snyders. I mean, we, I mean, I, I saw that recently being like retweeted. A lot of people were going like, "Hey, you guys are trying to like keep like making gun like to be out the bad guy." It was like, but he, regardless, yeah. I mean, I like like I said, I don't care. And and like like we said, his 
jokes that you know those tweets and stuff like that it was you know obviously a lot of us were kind of going woof what are you doing but you know I, what were you doing then but at the same time it's like you know he we've heard many times we've heard zach talk about like praise him we've heard james praise zach i mean there's been so many things where it's like you know you, we try to uh, it's it's like sometimes people are always trying to be like hey he's not the good guy at the same time you kind of go ah but look what he did when he responded to Ayer. you kind of like are you just gonna ignore that you know like the professionalism at, at least i mean i don't know yeah well and, and at a time too when like other filmmakers won't acknowledge or weren't acknowledging them or were outright like cheering zach like what was happening with zach yeah like like gun didn't say like congratulations to my friend joss whedon for taking over like like none of that it was like he he was one of the and, and there was no like i wasn't a fan of man of steel but i feel bad for his like no it, it was like a, a a a sincere whatever now i don't know i i really don't care to get into the the politics of like did he really mean it or any of that but yeah. like it's just it's it's and, and it's 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 frustrating because the argument about whether or not he's actually a good guy has nothing to do with any of this. It has everything to do with that him being a bad guy serves their narrative purpose of try of restoring the Snyderverse and getting the air cut released and, and, and gun the, the, his pedo tweets and uh, pedo tweets um, and, and all that isn't even about what it's actually about. It's all about how it helps release the air cut or restore the Snyderverse, which is right. so disrespectful to like the actual question, which is a legitimate thing of like, how do we deal with someone who made light of these things in the past? And now like, do we just move on? Like yeah. how should that reflect on their art? You know, there's a lot of interesting conversations to be, to be had there, but it's not, it's all in service of release the air cut. And it's transparently. So these people aren't doing it in a way that's like deftly like managing a narrative. It's just, it's very obvious that they're being. I don't um, even know what definitely managing a narrative is. Excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah. Um, it's it's like you you see their tweets and you're like, oh, you are just being hyperbolic for the sake of your cause, not for the cause of like actually caring about what anybody said. And I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's 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 such a yeah just the way it is but uh you know what yeah we're gonna end this uh tonight and uh like i said uh, i appreciate uh mr sean reeves for coming on and talking briefly about stuff and, like uh, hopefully he comes back because I, I i would love to pick his brain even more because just fascinating you know i mean one of the aspects of uh this whole you know cbm world is costume designers i mean it's like we talk we talk about like, Hey, you know, visual effects and, you know, the people involved, writers and directors and stuff like that. But man, costume designers, I, I tell you what, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I really hope that I can talk to him some more and pick his brain even more. And, you know, I appreciate him just coming on for the hour and just talking about what he talked about. He dropped some bombs, which, uh, you know, he's a, he's a cool dude. And uh, hopefully, I uh, definitely get to talk to him again. And then, of course, thank you. We'll go around the horn. Go ahead, Stephen. Plug yourself. Yeah, I'm Stephen Colbert. You can find me on Twitter at SM Colbert. You can find my writing about all sorts of things. I've been doing a lot of uh, 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes and box office breakdowns recently. So find that all at ScreenRant.com. You can also find my podcast with Andrew Dice at TheSnyderMinute.com. We're doing um, Justice League, um, Army of the Dead, and especially Batman v Superman um, one minute at a time. Um, we dropped uh, a bunch of content this week, actually. We just dropped a Batman uh, v Superman episode uh, today and yesterday, and I'm I'm being told that a third episode of BVS by the minute is being dropped right now. So if you are wow. this looking week. for a post game, right. <laughs> go uh, go uh, take some shots while you listen to that or something. I don't know whatever your <laughs> Monica Stream post game plan is. There it is. All right, there it is. And uh, OCP Ray. Sorry, like you, you know what's funny? When you showed up, I was like, why is that why does that logo look familiar? <laughs> and like for like probably about 30 minutes, I went, What the fuck? And then all of a sudden I went, Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, Robocop. Go! Yeah. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, for the longest time, I'm like, is he part of a crypto or something like that? I thought it was a crypto no, it, logo it, for a minute there, but then it, I was like, and but I knew it looked familiar. And this this, this is how it was part of how I ripped my hometown Detroit. Uh, yeah, sure, exactly. Because yeah, um, unless we forget that RoboCop takes place. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, All right, Ray, go ahead. Uh, yes, I am at I'm on Twitter at the Flightcast. I, which is generally speaking, where you can find me arguing about something or talking about something um, <laughs> with respect to all of our nerdy pursuits. Uh, my show, the Flightcast, is at theflightcast.com along with my blog. Uh, I've got I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, and I'm also part, I forgot to mention this last time, I'm also part of the Squadcast Media Network. I do Fans Without Borders, and I do Squadcast movies on Patreon with Tim, Scott, and Jordan, Chris, and Brent, and all the others at that illustrious network. Nice. So, yeah, make sure you guys uh, check out every uh, all that stuff. And then, of course, you know, hit that like thumbs up before you leave. Hit that notification bell. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that member. If you know if you want to become a member of uh, Film Junkie, I sure would appreciate it. Or if you want to be part of the Patreon, you do that too. And then, of course, merchandise down below. And, uh, you know, thank you, Stephen. Throw a knife at Stephen. Thank you, Ray. 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 There you go. You know, can't forget the drops. Cannot forget the drops. But anyways, guys, appreciate you uh Appreciate everybody uh, spending time with us on this Friday night, and uh, we will definitely talk to you later. <laughs>